quarantine and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan. And we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We'll reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season three, episode 16, to green with love. To sir with love. Um, that was for my and, mother, whose favorite song that is. Um, and one thing, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We're one year old. <laughs> I know. Can you believe, believe it? it? I know. You know the, the first um, anniversary gift traditionally is paper. Paper. Hmm. So we're having we're getting a book. We are getting, but I was going to say, I guess I'll drop $20 off at your house. Um, <laughs> I don't have $20, so I'm not going to give it to you. Um, Cash is hard to find these Haven't days. been to an ATM since at least March. <laughs> I know. You're like, you want me to press those buttons? Hard pass. No, no, thank you. Okay. This one was written by Gina Fattore. Um, It was directed by Kenneth Fink who directed episodes of the show Get Real, which starred Jesse Eisenberg and Anne Hathaway. That's a fucking deep cut. Um, He directed also a bajillion episodes of CSI, Person of Interest, and Gotham, among many, many more. Um, Shout out to my very good friend, Pamela Ribbon, who uh, used to write television without pity synopses of Get Real. Oh, cool. Anne Hathaway's dad emailed her once because she was so mean about it. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> a, good, a good story. Uh, yes. Um, so this originally, I mean, she now like writes screenplays for Disney, so she's doing fine. Pam Ribbon, that is. Anne Hathaway <laughs> and also Anne Hathaway doing has fine. an Oscar, so she's doing fine too. <laughs> yeah. And is in it witches. sounds like she has a very supportive dad, so yeah, good for her. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, this originally aired on February 16th, 2000. Uh The description from Wikipedia, Joey enlists the help of her friends to rally the school in protest after Principal Green is pressured to resign over the student he expelled. Dawson talks Gail into making a news report on the situation, which leads to her being offered another job in television, which she happily turns down in favor of starting a restaurant. Favor with a U, yet again. (laughs) Um, Pacey's feelings for Joey are becoming more and more obvious, and he turns to Jen to talk about things. In an effort to encourage Joey's creativity, Pacey rents her a public wall to paint as she chooses. I don't know if turns to Jen is the way I'd put it. <laughs> Jen demands it, but I love it. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a strong point. Definitely. <laughs> um, so February 17th, 2000, Microsoft releases Windows 2000. Oh, yeah. I remember go. that. Mm. Um, we have, a, I think there's a week break after this. So we have a little time. So February 21st, 2000. UNESCO holds the inaugural celebration of International Mother Language Day, which promotes multilingualism. Oh, cool. There you go. Um, The number one movie is The Whole Nine Yards, starring... Oh, yeah. um, Bruce Bruce Willis. Willis, Aaron's favorite actor, Bruce Willis, and Amanda (laughs) Peet. Well, he's canceled now. Oh, he is? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that one. (laughs) It, well, I saw a photo of him in a Make America Great hat, and he's canceled uh, in my book. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's cause for cancellation. Um, sorry, Bruce. Uh, 
number one song is for the last well no not for the last week for the last week for a second uh i knew i loved you by savage Garden. oh wow it makes a return Ooh, interesting make a comeback don't call it a comeback it's been here for years. <laughs> um okay also so in my little uh you know just having fun with billboard um the big debut song this week, one of the big debut songs this week, is the absolute banger, I Try, by Macy Gray. Oh, that is a fucking banger. <laughs> is, if you haven't listened to that Macy Gray album in a while, may I encourage you to go back? Because, like, not a miss, not a miss on that, oh, that album. Thanks for that tip. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll watch to that later. Oof, great. Just great times. Before we get started, Aaron, I just want to say too to our listeners that um, we we talk about this in depth at the end of the episode, but uh, we have a really Little awesome special episode for you coming out next week. Yeah, yeah, we've got this special. We got to sit down with our listener Jay over Skype. Over Skype, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're in Australia. Across the international dateline, <laughs> right? We Aaron did some fucking math that yeah. I could not do, um, and we talked to Jay about their theory of Dawson being um, someone with Asperger's and sort of um, their own experience with. Uh, having Asperger's and um, we talked about their fan fiction and we, we just had a great conversation. Yeah. We're going to put it out on November 2nd um, just to to give you a little respite from um, election madness here in the US. So um, hopefully that'll help you get through. Uh, but we talk about it in depth at the end of the episode. But just an FYI, that's coming up for you guys. Yeah, it's filled with spoilers and it's just something we thought y'all would like and mm -hmm. it's not part of the canon of this show, but <laughs> but it's great. It's great. We're so stoked about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were just so, so lovely and, and yeah. Um, Shout out to Jay. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Okay, Aaron. So we open in a fucking crazed yeah PTA auditorium <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a board meeting or i don't know what it is it's, it's I, like i thought it was a board meeting too and then they say it's a pta meeting but why would the board president be there but i i, I, I mean i hear you i hear you and i you and i yes <laughs> <laughs> it's wild and all the white parents yeah. are screaming Scre just and we see chaos. that joey casey and dawson are sitting in some seats absolutely horrified yeah and they're like well you know joey's like this is not going well and you know they're like the i forget if it's dawson or pacey is like well for anyone who isn't an enraged parent with a misguided agenda it's not exactly. going well but for those yeah. people it's going great <laughs> seems so, like they're doing quite a good job of being hello mad white parents you know <laughs> yeah and uh so we, then we hear this old white guy yell about how the principal shouldn't be able to hand quote death sentences just because a kid acted like a kid and my note was just like hello everyone if you don't know today we will be talking about white supremacy it like i'm sorry i did not like this episode it was i cannot believe we had to watch it in this day and age <laughs> it was right triggering in 2020 <laughs> i my blood was boiling yeah. i told my boyfriend i was like i'm shaking yeah I it's can't. a lot. It's a lot. Oh it's a my lot. God. It's really hard because he uses all the rhetoric that oh, we hear I mean, the right right now of outsider oh, and urban yeah. war zone. Mm. And it's so fucking twisted. Right. So we get this guy who uh, looks a lot like Jeff Sessions, if I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> um, who we find out is the superintendent. Um, uh -huh. And he's like principal Dr. fielding. Right. Principal Green is able to do this like there's not anything i can do about it 
I want to say that car- that actor who plays Jeff Sessions, Light, whatever his name is, is Lawrence. <laughs> Doctor P- Fielding. Sorry, thank you. Thank you. I feel like it's such a perfect name. <laughs> mm. His name, it, the actor is Lawrence Pressman, who still works to this day all the time and was in Nine to Five, which I feel like is a, oh, something okay. worth yeah, yeah, yeah. discussing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and on the one hand, he stands up for Principal Green. So I was like, all right, this guy's like, for one he- second. <laughs> yeah trust his like you know okay mm, great mm. great great nope and then it takes a turn it okay, immediately but- <laughs> falls off a cliff more like <laughs> so this other white guy that we feel find out is matt caulfield's dad stands up and he's like do you consider yourself a member of this community he says that right. to so Dr. they're Fielding. gonna use the word community a lot and i want us to just track that because what the fuck does that mean mm, i think you know what it means i do know what it means <laughs> it means but white define people. your terms yes. white man <laughs> yes um and he's like if you're gonna let the personal prejudice prejudices of an outsider ruin matt like his son matt caulfield's future which is like this cartoonishly just barely concealed dog whistle racism i know and it's so dark he's like because he uses community and then mm, outsider mm, and you're like principal green fucking lives there yeah, like fuck you a great house P- p.s yeah not that that like, matters but it is a great house <laughs> okay noted and- <laughs> so joey then finally is like I cannot take this anymore and stands up and shouts over the crowd that like this, she's like, you know, this whole thing has been blown out of proportion. And the Dr. Fielding is like, this is a PTA meeting. And like, you know, you can save your outburst for the pep rally, which is not only sexist, but I would have probably clawed his fucking eyes out. Yeah. He's like, he's telling her to shut up when this other guy has said the most racist rhetoric, you know, we've heard since season one, Grams. Yep. Um, And like Mr. Caulfield, Matt's dad was, is like, I know it's your mural that was defaced. And she's like, that doesn't have anything to do with this. Like, right. mm. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad the way that they're trying to like, be like, Oh, you only care because your mural was defaced. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. It is. So there, your opinion won't matter, even though my brother or my son is the one who defaced the mural. Right. So, but his actions has made your voice silent. Right. Somehow, if you're the victim of this, then your voice doesn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, So Mr. Caulfield then says that the, that these are the scare tactics of a man whose extremism and notions of justice are better suited for urban war zones than our civilized community. (laughs) Oh Uh, my God. I like had to press pause and walk away. I was like, we're only seven minutes in. Not even. We're like fucking two (laughs) minutes in. (laughs) Urban Uh, war zone. uh, We all know what urban means mm, to white people. mm. Yeah, it's especially in this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think it still gets thrown around a bit. But yeah, this was this was um, yeah, this was a more like pre gentrification cities, you know, so yeah, it was like it, on the cusp it, of that. it meant something so much more extreme than it means now. It still means like, oh, that's where people of color live and like they're dangerous. Right. Yeah. And they're not us. We're a civilized society. And you're like, I don't know. Y'all be fucking yelling and silencing a woman over here. Yeah. I mean, I don't see anything civilized about what they're doing, but maybe that's just me. Nope. It's me too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, so, you know, I like, 
I get that this is racism and whiteness at work, but like it is also accurate. I mean, uh, you know, that is a lot of times how white culture lobs this shit at black people. And like, yeah, they just use code words and don't outright say it. Like this whole episode, they never once say that Principal Green is black. Right. They don't. No, I know. They say, what if he was white? <laughs> you know, they also yeah. never just flat out say like, you're being racist, you know? Right. And I right. kind of like that we're like in this moment of being like, you're, yeah. That's like, fucking racist. Yeah. You know, like we're all racist because like we can't help this fucking twisted society, but like call a spade a spade, dude. Like yeah. you're being fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Joey, so Joey comes back and is like, you did not just say that, which is her way of saying you're being racist, but right. without saying you're being racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Mr. Caulfield is like, you know, look, if Mr. Green was doing his job, like I wouldn't have to be here tonight. And then he some is doing his job. <laughs> right. And some school board lady who's awesome is like, you know, if you were doing your job as a parent, maybe your son would still be in school right now. Absolutely. And, you know, like, it's just, it's just this kind of chaos in this room. So then, like, Joey's like, you know, Principal Green is fair. And Mr. Caulfield's like, it's, I'm sure it seems that way to you. But some other students whose families don't. And then Joey cuts him off and is like, don't what? (laughs) And he says, like, don't embrace the values we have as a community. And then Dawson jumps up to defend Joey. this is one of the first times we see Dawson defend Joey. And I just was like. A little bit shook to be honest yeah i mean shook in a good way yeah no exactly i yeah. was like finally we see this like good like the dawson that joey sees you know right like and he's like you don't know anything about her family like come on um uh, and then uh, the man i dubbed low rent jeff Sesh- jeff sessions um <laughs> dr fielding gets up and says friday at 3 p.m if principal- yeah, he just gives in to the parents right just gives in if, if principal green hasn't reduced matt's expulsion I will ask him to tender his resignation. And, and, you know, so Pacey's like, okay, so they're going to railroad green to. Yeah. Yeah. So Pacey just kind of breaks down like, Hey, viewer, in case you didn't understand what just happened. Yeah. There, the board is railroading green to change it. Principal green to change his mind. Right. So that Matt Caulfield, this student that like everyone at school hates Mm. can come back and continue to torture us. Right. And then we go to the credits so so then we see this new reporter her name's sherry um, and she's doing this like a tommy hendren or whatever her name is (laughs) tommy lauren (laughs) sorry Uh, don't we call her i think we're just supposed to change the tnl so it's like tanya laurent (laughs) just whatever you'd like to call her um that fucking idiot so she is played hang on so so sherry is played by jessica collins who went on to be in American Dreams, which, oh, okay. if you remember, was a show about the 60s. Yeah. Um, True Calling, starring oh, wow. Eliza Dushku. Uh, Big Shots, which was on ABC, and The Young and the Restless, and, like, so much more. She still works today. Like, she looked yeah, a little familiar familiar, to me. yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gail comes up to her as she's, like, finishing her story on the PTA, and we find out that Sherry, no, like... we hear her tail end of her story just, like, totally being, like, can you believe this Principal Green? Like, ugh. Yeah. Like, it, it's not a good story. No, like, no, no. It's she's... not a good take on what we just witnessed. Right. And and we find out that Sherry, Gail hired Sherry as an intern. Right. So and... this is kind of, like, this, um, you know, generational 
struggle yeah. that we're seeing right here. Yeah. Um, and Sherry's like, well, this, you know, oh, Gail, she's kind of condescending. And she's like, she's such an asshole. Like, she, <laughs> it's such a good role. Again, the wild woman of Dawson's Creek. I love yeah. it. Wild women do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Sherry's like, the, this new generation of reporters would, reporters would be nowhere without veteran trailblazers like yourself, Gail, which sounds like a compliment. But yeah. the way Sherry says it is like, it's not. It's no, it's so fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Gail's like, well, you know, what's the story? What's your story? What's your mm-hmm. angle? You know? And then Sherry just legit calls Principal Green a wacko. Mm-hmm. She's like, because Gail's like, oh, I, I mean, I don't know. I saw a room full of out of control parents, which like is not news. Mm-hmm. And like Sherry's like, he's a wacko, the principal and blah, blah, blah. And then she has to go and Gail's kind of like, you see Gail be like, oh my God, I'm mortified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we go outside to Pacey and Joey who are like walking away from the meeting. It's so sweet. Joey is like on one. (laughs) Yeah, because Joey is just complaining about her Uh experience of being, you know, partially raised by a black Black man. man. Yeah. And growing up poor and just her trauma of fucking living in Cape Side. And right. normally she'd be telling this to Dawson, who would be like low key gaslighting her mm. or like trying to tell her that's not her, ex- you know, the mm. truth and her experience. Mm. And uh, but Pacey, on the other hand, is right there just talking shit with her, sharing like his experience. I called of- him Comrade Pacey. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's it's like, just, it's so sweet. And Pacey's like, look, we got to fucking rally these troops. Yeah. He's like, you know how the system works? Like, yeah, yeah nobody's going to listen to us, but we got to like, unless we fucking like make them listen to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joey's like, kind of spells out what's wrong with American education and other parts of America. She's like, you know, people just rant and rave about low test scores while like this other group of people are happy to just like with the way things are and sit back and mind their own business. Absolutely. And I'm like, yeah, girl, this is how systems of oppressions work. Welcome. Yep. Yep. Um, and Joey then laments that her teenage um, cohorts would be hard pressed to quote, turn off TRL. <laughs> if you don't remember, that stands for Total, Total Request, Request Live. Live. Yeah. Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Um, set down their PlayStation controllers and do something. And, like, I don't know. I think that teenagers right now are doing a fucking ton. And I yeah. am, like, so heartened by them. So I completely agree. I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like I was out there doing political shit in when I was in high school. But, like, I, I don't know. I... I I think that we didn't feel necessarily like we were at as big of a crossroads then as we feel like right. we are now. Right. Um, so, uh, so Pacey's like, you know, I well, mean, who- yeah, it's like on the one hand, you have to remember like Columbine was just had just happened for this, you know? So yeah. like it, just a lot of the experiences that teenagers and high school students have now, like we were just beginning to, we thought that was a one-off, you know? Right. Right. And Pacey's like, come on, who's going to rally the troops? And Joey's like, well, it seems like nobody. And he kind of tells her she should. Yeah, he just totally believes in her. Mm -hmm. And then we cut, we kind of have this cut of the conversation. So it seems like Joey is still having this conversation with Pacey. Yeah. And so I feel like this kind of speaks to like how I was saying before that Joey is scared to take risks. Absolutely. I think that's true. So leading this this charge is like, that's a huge risk, Mm. you know? Yeah. 
And Pacey believes in her to take a risk. Absolutely. And is encouraging her. You know? Absolutely. And and then we cut over to Joey, who's on the phone with AJ talking yeah, at he's her talking house. talking on the phone, like kind of explaining what happens. Mm. And then we're like, who's she talking to? Like thinking maybe it's Dawson. Mm. Mm. It's, it's like, AJ. kind of like, what? And then it cuts to AJ and you're like, ugh. <sighs> AJ. Ugh. This guy is back again. This guy. <laughs> Fuck. And he... Just like someone's got to rally the troops. Who's going to do it? And she's like, oh, that's like the same thing Pacey said. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Pacey, what kind of name is that? I'm like, what kind of name's AJ? Fuck you. I hate I you. <laughs> Sorry. That's, it's like, it's not that big of a deal, but I was just like, I hate you. Why are you here? <laughs> I know. I've had, I, I have a few notes like that within this episode. So then as she, he's kind of like encouraging her to rally the troops, Bessie interrupts and she's like, Joey, you got to come watch this. Yeah. And Joey's and, like, what? I'm on the phone, you know? And then <laughs> she walks into the TV room and yeah. it's, Oh God, it's Sherry's news piece. Yeah. And Sherry. Um, okay. Wait, I, my question is, did Dawson's Creek predict what Fox news would become? I completely agree because it's like this blonde girl. That's like mm. telling this story from like, it's not a 360, even though that's what they say, mm-hmm. you know? It's not fair and, and it, balanced at all. It's definitely not fair and balanced. <laughs> it's the fucking darkest, most triggering thing to watch. Yeah. And like Fox not News, I looked it up. Point. Fox News started uh-huh. in 1996. So it's very young okay. at this point. It's not what we right. know Fox News as now. Um, And, you know, they were, they were still like technically doing real news at the time. Um, right, right, right. And like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so I was just like, woo. I mean, there's a couple of these like trigger moments where I'm like, did this show predict what was about to happen? Because like, it's, I completely agree, which is why I was so (laughs) mad. I had to watch this episode (laughs) 10 days before the election. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we see then Dawson watching, like we kind of cut around, like Dawson's watching the report and Sherry says like, it started with the mural that was meant to bring unity, but it brought discord. And then we see this image of Principal Green on the screen. And he's like an image that he looks like he's yelling. Like it's a very like angry black man image. And of course, like as if you spend any time thinking about any of this, you know, so often like when a, someone gets fucking gunned down by the police, yeah, we see, we like see like mug shots. Yeah, yeah, we see these terrible images. Whereas yeah. when a white person like murders his wife and all his children, we see this like, like nice... him with a golden retriever, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. and you're just like, mm. and it's the mm. ultimate. I mean, it's so we so we see this. So it's like there's this part of me that's like, OK, so like the writers of Dawson's Creek and the, and the like production designers like knew that this was what was happening. Like that's not, it's not that that's conscious that they did that. Right. We've known our whole lives. I know, but it's like, you know, we're still fucking fighting it. (sighs) Right. Um, so, so anyway, so like principal green, we see principal green, watch that with Nikki next to him. So Nikki's back for this episode. Thank God. Um, and then Sherry, the reporter, goes on to say that, like, because Pacey only got community service for the fight that he got in with Matt, that, like, Green is being unfair to Matt. And, like, we see and Pacey. It's a false equivalence because, because they're talking about the punishment for the fight, not the punishment for the fight and defacing the mural. And, like, you know, if you'll remember in the last episode, it started with Matt doing something, right. getting but let Pacey off. Pacey has a history of 
you know, being suspended as well. Yes, true. So, so Gail then like sees Sherry say that Green may have let a personal agenda affect his judgment. Um, and then we go back to the Potters. And as, Joey's radicalized. Mm, same. Mm-hmm. And as Sherry talks about her as the mural painter and quotes her out of context. Right. Saying this is ridiculous. This whole thing has been blown out of proportion. Um, so she's like Sherry is implying that sh- Joey is saying that in regards to the punishment. And she's it's like so fucked up because everyone that was there in the room knows that's not what happened, right. you know. Yeah. So even like there are like credible witnesses to be like Sherry is a, you know, a shady journalist. Mm. Yeah. And and Joey then tells AJ like, you know, n- no one's going to give her the chance to say what she wants to. And AJ is like, no, you have to de- demand to be heard, which is basically the same advice Pacey gave her. Mm-hmm. Um. So we cut immediately (laughs) to Joey putting up these like save green meeting posters. So like she's throwing a meeting. Yeah. In the hall at school. school. Yeah. Yeah. And Pacey comes up and calls her Norma Ray. Yeah. And he's excited because he thinks he convinced her to lead this charge. You know, Yeah, like she took his advice. Yeah. And Joey just kind of dismisses him and they turn a corner. Fuck. Mm. We see AJ's there. AJ's here. Yeah. And 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 Pacey like he visually knows who he is. He's just like fuck. And then Joey goes up to AJ and like kind of nuzzles with him. And and then she's like, oh right, do you know Pacey? Like you you two haven't met. Uh huh. And AJ's a fucking dick to him for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Cause like he and AJ's kind of like, oh yeah, I came I came to help give Capeside some college protest action. And I'm just like, oh, my God, please go away. <laughs> no one needs this. <laughs> I mean, it's just spot on for a college student. Oh, absolutely. So like, I, I'm like good on them for writing it like this. But like, on the other hand, I'm like, this is so painful to watch. I'm traumatized. Like, I'm fucking traumatized. Like, oh, know. my gosh. I went to UC Santa Cruz. Oh, I my know. God. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so like then some girl like comes up and is like, oh, my God, green is coming. You have to see what's going on outside. So they all like run outside and it's a fucking circus. It's outside. a media circus. There's like parents protesting. Mm. There's kids firing back. And then and there's full on news crews. Media. There. Yeah. News. Yeah. Media. And he gets to the door. He like, it's bad. It looks bad. bad. He gets to the door and he looks at Joey and he's like, after you. He's like face to face with Joey. Yeah. And he's like, after you. And it's like, oh, gosh. Because they share like a nice moment for a second. And like, yeah, it's fucked, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like in that moment you see on Joey's face, she feels responsible mm. for what's happening to Principal Green. Right. And then we cut over to the restaurant space we saw Gail looking at a few episodes ago, yeah. which has an opening soon sign on it. Right. And we Dawson like, serving his punishment. Mm, yes. <laughs> Dawson serving his punishment for ending up in the drunk tank. Um, I mean, I will say the only person that seems to be serving a punishment for that <laughs> infraction. <laughs> so... Um, and, and he's like, you know, the, the news is on and Sherry yeah. is on the news, but like Doss, Gail's like, oh, you know, thanks for helping me. And he's like, you know, well, I'm being forced into this. 
And hey. Gail's like, you know, this is a this is a lot more work than I expected. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. And, and Dawson mentions that he wishes he could have come earlier, but he mm, was at Joey's house with right this for meeting. this meeting. And Dawson is like singing her praise, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. actually really sweet. He's like, he just like excited to see this new Joey, this like risk taking Joey, and like she, how much it makes her this like really inspiring person. Right? She's like confident, and she's like fighting back in a way that Dawson knew she always could and you know like um Gail's like oh you're so proud of her and he's like yeah like and I you know I'm just I can't help feel a part of all this like I'm so like he's kind of swept up in this which is cool exactly yeah yeah because he doesn't really like like I said the first time we I feel like we see him stand up for Joey was earlier on the top of this episode you know right right. Um, so even he's being inspired by her like you know standing up and taking risks Right. And he's like, you know, oh, she's doing this action in front of the superintendent's office tomorrow. And Gail's like, you know, Gail's really realistic, but she's like, you know, she's got an uphill battle. Yeah. And then she says, particularly with that spokesmodel turned journalist covering the story. And like, look, Sherry's a terrible journalist. Yeah, I mean, it's like, fuck you, Gail. Like, you were <laughs> Miss Capeside or whatever, home HQ or whatever, you right. know? So you kind of fit that stereotype, too. I don't think we need to d- diminish women in that way. She just, like, call it, call it as it is. She's a terrible journalist. Right. And my thing is, like, look, Mel- Megan Kelly is a terrible journalist. Mm-hmm. I do not care that she's blonde and has nice legs. Yeah. She's a terrible journalist, partially because she is an extreme racist and sexist. Yeah. And it's I like mean, Anne Sawyer is a really amazing journalist. And she was like Ms. Whatever. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, totally. so it, it, I just like that has her whatever previous experience really has nothing to do with her being a bad journalist. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, let's kill that narrative. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And, you know, then Gail kind of is like, it's just kills me to see this like important stunt story done badly because the. Because the person covering it has no idea how to decipher truth from popular opinion. And so I'm like, okay, so Again, Gail, trigger, trigger, Gail, trigger, trigger. Predicted, <laughs> Gail predicted how the news media was going to fail us in 2016 and, and is holding on by barely a thread in 2020. Oh my gosh. It, it's just like, it's so hard. You're like, like yeah. how many weird Facebook posts do you see that are like, masks don't even help? Ugh. Well, and also just like those like New York Times, like we got to tell you both sides. And I'm like, when yeah. one side is vehemently racist, I don't need to know both sides. Right. Or like um, or New York Times posting opinion pieces and mm, people taking their news stories. Yeah. Oh, my God. 99% of the New York Times opinion can just be thrown in the garbage. I agree. Um, Anyway, so she's then Gail's like, you know, I miss this a little bit, but like I have this restaurant, so it's all good. And and Dawson's kind of like, why don't we do like a story? <laughs> Again, it's like the other part of, t- of what we're seeing in media where he's just like, anyone could be a reporter these days. All you need <laughs> yeah. is a camera. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, ah, it's so true. But like, you know, like the way he's saying is positive, but I'm like, ah. <laughs> get Alex Jones off my fucking television. <laughs> like, gosh door brothers ah. I, know, I know fucking diamond and silk or whatever those people's names are like <laughs> get them out of here okay anyway so um so gail's like oh, i don't have a crew and dawson's like i'll do it like 
Let's yeah. do this. Let's do it's this. Like I'm rich. I've got hella gear. <laughs> you bought it for me. Yeah. Don't you, um, you didn't see that bill? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how rich we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we go out, we cut over to the superintendent's office the next day and Joey's like in just an awful hat. Um, I, I think know. we have to get it out of the way. <laughs> I know. It's not the worst one we've ever it's seen. That's worst. in St. Valentine's Day Massacre. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a deep maroon with these like white stars I, and definitely looks like the end of a condom. There's like a reservoir all tip of her in it. Look like that. They put a little like reservoir tip on it. It's like, what the fuck are you I doing? Know. And it's, it's her look. I know. It's girl. hard because like Julie and I didn't grow up any we grew up in California, so mm. we don't we don't understand snow gear, cold weather gear, really. If you're wearing a hat like that, it is purely for fashion. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it's like I wore it. a hat yesterday because it was 71 degrees. A f- frigid. It is frigid. In it LA was right really now. cold, actually. Yeah, super cold. <laughs> but like, email yeah, us and so tell it's us already what just like, blah, 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 what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Joey's like, you know, oh, there's not a ton of people here. She's sort of lamenting that. And Dawson's like, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. Like, come on. Yeah, so yeah. we scales there. She's been convinced, right? Mm, yeah. So, and then we cut over to AJ and Pacey. And Pacey's handing uh. out coffee. And AJ thanks him and tells him hot coffee is great for morale. And I just was like, someone get AJ off of my television screen <laughs> before. It's hard because, like, you don't he's understand not- why he's such a dick to Pacey. And like, I don't know if they're trying to sell it that, like, he should be jealous of Pacey, but it's like, really, he should be more jealous of Dawson, you think? Like, sure. it's just in. The, you know, the um, context of the show, we would imagine that she, Joey would be talking about she already told him about Dawson, you know, and like and then Dawson's like right there, like helping her out, <laughs> right. you know. But, and so like it just doesn't make sense. Like Joey's like, here's my friend. And he's immediately like, Ooh. like chest pump puffing <laughs> and like and like being all like alpha to Pacey. Like, right. Oh, yes. Yeah, someone's got to bring the coffee. And you're like, what the fuck, man? Well, yeah, because like such a, diff- a difference than like um, Kate, Andy, and Jack's friend, who's uh, like, oh yeah, any friend of Jackers is a friend of mine, you know. Jackers, yeah, I do know. Um, and well, and so Pacey, I mean, like, my thing too is that like, there's a part of me that thinks that like AJ's like, oh, you're mentioning a guy, so I'm gonna like have a reaction, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like we were past. No, that I know. At this I'm point. like, is that the way it's supposed to be? And you're just like, I Ugh. just, I think that's fucked up. I don't really like that, which is, contributes to another reason why I don't fucking like AJ. Yeah, absolutely. But men and women can't be friends. Mm. Okay, Mike Pence. Oh my god, do not, do not. At least, I mean. Maybe there's a fly buzzing around AJ, too. That's how we know. <laughs> um, so they talk about Joey, and AJ's like, isn't she great? Like, she's a born leader. And, like, you know, Pacey's kind of like, yeah, I mean, like, she's great. You know, like they kind of have this, like, that's what they can kind of bond over moment. Right. Before yeah, we go. Like, yeah, I've known her for 15 years. You've <laughs> yeah. known her for, like, five weeks. Five but fucking okay. minutes, yeah. And then we go over to Gail, like, giving Joey a rundown of what they're going to do. And right then, Sherry you comes say, up. Casey isn't mean to AJ, though. No, 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 no not to be all. like that. Not like, Casey's just, like, more defeated at, like, just the situation. Yeah, he's kind of like, okay, here we are. Yeah. And so, so Sherry comes up to Joey, and, and she's kind of like, what's happening here? And she's like, Gail, like, what's happening here? And Gail's like, oh, I, I'm going to do my own piece. And mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and, um, 
you know, Sherry's like, what, for another new source? And Gail's like, I don't know, I might pitch it to Channel 3, your Mm -hmm. boss, like, Mm -hmm. you know. And Sherry's like, Joey, I'm wondering if we could do another interview. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) What an idiot. Like, Sherry, I was like, what, you think you're going to throw this girl under the bus and she's still going to help you? Like, that is just, like, showing that you actually have no experience with sources. Absolutely, because then Joey responds in a way that I truly hate, which is in your frosted blonde dreams, Barbie. I know, and, and it's I'm just really like, hard exhausted. I'm exhausted, Erin. Because like I don't like that part about Joey, and I also don't like that part in about the storytelling of like mm-hmm. this blonde and brunette constantly in Dawson's Creek. But mm-hmm. I'm just so triggered and mad that I was like, did I just cheer for Joey? Ugh. <laughs> Like, Did I just cheer for Joey being kind of sexist to this lady? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this lady deserves, like, ire. Do not get me wrong. But, like, just not it's in just that like, way. just like, her being blonde has nothing to do with her being an asshole. Exactly. Exactly. We can hate all those Fox News ladies because they're terrible. They're not assholes. because they're blonde. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, like, whatever. There's so many of them. Who can even name them? Okay, so Sherry walks away and then Joey's like, you don't think I was too hard on her, did you? And Dawson's like, sounds about right to me, which I was like, "Mm, don't love that, Dawson. (laughs) Let's not encourage this. (laughs) And and Pacey comes up to mm. let Joey know that the superintendent wants to talk to her. Um, Right. Excuse me, Pacey's the messenger for the superintendent? (laughs) Somehow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And he and AJ start weighing the pros and cons. And, you know, Pacey's kind of like, I don't really trust this guy. Like, yeah. he kind of let my sexual abuser just go. Well, um, and, he, and he's like, the only thing he cares about is job security. Yeah. And AJ's like, this is the first sign of resistance falling. Like, fucking no, it's not. <laughs> it's like, come on. Well, it's hard because, like, I don't think that that's, like, not true. Like, okay, he wants to talk to yeah. Jenny. Like, okay, yeah. maybe. But AJ doesn't know this person. Right. So you would want to gather intel on what this person is, is to know what this means, like, mm. this meeting means. And Pacey just told that intel of, like, yeah, this guy sucks. He literally only carries about job security. Yeah. I don't know how it works there, but, like, isn't – like, how does a superintendent – is there are they an elected an official? An elected official? Yeah, I don't know. You know? So it's, like, that means that he is beholden to the voters. Right. 18 and mm. older. And Pacey's, like, I don't think you should go. Like, after laying out all these reasons, he's, like, I don't think you should go. It's hard because doesn't everyone, like, kind of low-key be, like, superintendent? I don't know. Like, at LAUSD – they call him billionaire Butner because mm. he low key fucking sucks. And he's a proponent of charter schools, which is a complicated issue, but mm. it's the way it works in LA is really fucked up. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about LA superintendent, the LA <laughs> superintendent, but well, yeah, last year, the teachers, LAUSD teachers went on strike and I have a lot of teachers right. in that union. Right. And I went to a lot of the protests with them and like, yeah, it's really, it's hard. It's fucked up. It's hard. Yeah. And LAUSD is is a big ass. I mean, isn't it the biggest in the country or the second biggest? Second, yeah. 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 So so this is not what Cape Side is up against. Um so Joey then asks AJ what he thinks, and AJ just says, I'd go, but gives no reasoning. I know Pacey. (laughs) And Joey just goes. 
it's like it's super hard for me why we're supposed to believe mm-hmm. that Joey would behave like this and it's mm-hmm. so smitten with AJ. I agree like, with you. I know that she's already mentioned that she's like in awe with his intelligence, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that she's kind of like falsely equating that with like him knowing everything. <laughs> and I think that's a problem that she has because she's enamored with Dawson and thinks he's like super smart and talented right. and all these things. And then she listens to him without like having her own agency, mm-hmm. but it, it's really hard to see. I agree with you. Especially since like, at least with Dawson, you're like, well, they've, she knows him really well. So like you can kind of get it mm-hmm. with AJ. You're like, they just talked about Beowulf over cups of meat. And she's like impressed with the fact that he wasn't trying to get her drunk. Right. Right. <laughs> What a mensch. Um, I know. So, so then, like, so Joey goes in and Fielding... So goes in alone, a yeah. fucking minor, yeah. to talk to the superintendent of school. Right. And he's like, you're, so you're Joey Potter. And he's like, I bet you know like, who I am. Do you know am. who I am? You're like, and I'm like, you're the superintendent. Somebody called the burn unit because you- Joey's like, you're the man who shows up for football games and graduation. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Does the superintendent show up to graduation? I don't know how the school district works. I I don't know that I could have fucking picked my superintendent up out of the lineup. I completely agree. In high school. Um, but also I was, you know, otherwise occupied. Um, so he's like, you know, oh, I hear you're responsible for this protest outside. And Joey's like, yeah, parents could pick at a school. I can pick at yeah. the superintendent's office. Like, I don't know. She like reminds him that he demanded that Principal Green stand down. Right. And he acts like that didn't happen until he gaslights her. Yeah. He's like, no one's forcing him out. And uh, yeah, you issued an ultimatum. <laughs> right. Like, right. Even like a, by 3 p.m. on Friday. Right. Where, like she was there. We we saw it on yeah. the news before. Like, <laughs> yeah. <right>? yeah. <laughs> and Joey's like, well, you know, like you threatened him. You threatened to ask for his resignation. And Fielding's like, it wasn't a threat. Like, that's what it is. And Joey's like, okay, well, I'm a representative of the student body. And we say, like, what's happening is wrong. Yeah. And then and he's, he's like, you're he's not kind of rep- like, what? You're just representing this ragtag group of, like, a small group of people? Outside, yeah. And, and she, she leans into one of her coping skills that usually doesn't work to her advantage. Mm, but this time it kind of does. Mm, she just lies to him. Straight out. Straight out lies. She's like, we have a petition with 300 signatures and there's a big rally tomorrow night. Like, wait till then. And he's, she's like, you know, there is a voice that doesn't agree with this. And like, we're going to be heard. Yeah. And, and he's Dr. Fielding's like, I did not know this. Okay. Yeah. And then he, and he then tries to tell her, well, I guess you better wrap up around here and go to school before you get a detention for cutting class you really think these students give a fuck about detention at this point i know totally like okay and then she just like powers back with what i've said was my high school experience Mm -hmm. which is like oh what i'm out sick with a cold Mm -hmm. because like i do think your parents can just be like yeah they're sick of your fucking sketchy behavior you know (laughs) the end the end you know like what okay this is important yeah. Um, so then we hear a doorbell and Dawson and Gail are at Principal Green's door. <laughs> and Principal Green's like, Dawson, Mr. Leary. Uh, <laughs> Miss Leary or, yeah. Sorry, uh, Miss Leary. 
Like, what the fuck? What and like, Nikki here? comes from behind. It's like, ooh, yikes. Sorry, dad. I told him they could interview you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Dawson a little, well, because Dawson sort of throws her under the bus first. He's like, Nikki said that you were free for an interview. I was like, Dawson. <laughs> and Nikki's like, come on. Like, I wanted to give you the opportunity to speak and like for everyone to know your side. And Principal Green's like, you know, I know my own side. Like, that's what matters. And he's like, you know, he's like, it's not my job to convince people I'm a fair and decent man. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, my like my heart broke of like just the blackmail experience. Right. Right. I mean, he's sort of I I have notes later about how he's sort of damned if he does fucked if he doesn't. Absolutely. And he's just like some soundbite isn't going to help me. Right. And like the thing is, like, it's like there's this subtext of being like, it's not going to help me because this town is racist. Right. And they just don't like, it's hard because like, I think we would have a different conversation in 2020 about this where we could just candidly say that. I agree with you because Nikki says this thing. She says, when you see a good fight, get in it. And then she says, those are Dr. King's words, which I did Google. And that is actually wrong. Um, Those are Vernon, Dr. Vernon John's words, Mm. um, who was a civil rights leader before Martin Luther King. Um, and a minister at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And it seems like those actually might not even have been his words, but something his mother and father said to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of the reference I found to this line, because I thought it was a really great line, right? If right, you see a yeah. good fight, get in it. That's a great line. Yeah. Um, it th- Most of the references I found are from a TV movie called The Vernon Johns Story, where he was played by James Earl Jones. Oh, um and I, you can look up a clip. I watched a clip of James Earl Jones giving the speech where that line is. It's very, uh-huh. very good. Uh-huh. Um, but so, you know, like Green is kind of like, this is not a good fight. Like the more I try to prove myself, the more I try to empower this insane notion that I'm an enraged, like the more like this insane notion is coming out that like I'm an enraged man on a bigoted tirade. Yeah. And like one of the things that I really felt after hearing that is like, it's really hard to watch this after after eight years of Obama having to deal with this fucking shit all the time, like particularly birtherism. Um, And we all know who the King birther was. I know. And it's like, and that part's just so fucked up because it started when he was running against John McCain, McCain, who actually wasn't born in the U S right. John McCain was born in Panama. Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, Ted Cruz was a a born in Canada birther and was born in Canada. Yeah. Um, And so like, I mean, my thing is like, it really like, that's sort of where I watching this in 2020, which like, obviously in 2000, you know, we didn't, we didn't have any of that. But like watching this, we did never have had a black president. So it's a different perspective to watch it under. But I hear you. Sure. But but you know what I'm saying is that it's like, it's like seeing it and being like, yeah, I mean, like, look, we witnessed what this looks like. This it's not that this is episode is all that far off of reality. You know what I mean? Like right. we we had to witness something like this for eight years. I mean, even longer, really. Um, and and so it's just hard. He's basically like, I'm not going to do this interview. Like, thank you. But no, yeah, thank I you. mean, it's it is hard. And I think even as the viewer at the time, you're hearing what the blackmail experience is. Mm. You know, it's like 
okay, we see this guy who we as a viewer love as a print. He's the best educator we've seen at Cape Side High. He's also like, he's chummy with Mitch. We love Mm. their bromance. Like he's, he's just like a really good person. We love Nikki, you know? And so we hear this, like him just like explaining in like one sentence that what it's like, like, yeah, I have to, I don't have to convince people that I'm fair and decent. And even if I tried, it actually wouldn't help. Right. I sound right. It's not going to help me. Yep. And so then we go over to Joey's where there are people kind of everywhere and like working. Pacey's like, yikes, uh, I think you made some promises you can't keep. (laughs) He's like, I wish you wouldn't have made up that petition. (laughs) And then he says, I don't think they have 300 students at Cape Side. And I'm like, that school seems a lot bigger than 300 students per grade. You definitely have more than that. Absolutely. I went to a high school that had 2000 students. Me too. Yeah. And, and like, it's Cape side seems like kind of equivalent, maybe yeah, a little I smaller, but like we would have at least a thousand, at least a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also like yet again, how the fuck big is Cape side as a city or a town? Like, I don't know. That's, I, I was just like, what is this math like that's happening? Why are they doing this? I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> like somebody, somebody, make any sense. somebody get a calculator and fix this. Shit. Because, like, to be honest, if there's 300 students and there were, there's 11 black kids. I think the percentage of black kids is like higher than at my school. You right. Know? Oh yeah, definitely. They put it down like that, you know, mm. and you're like, I don't know what's happening. But, yeah. Um, and so then like AJ kind of defends Joey's bluffing and is like, you know, and she's like, well, I'm not really worried about the petition, yeah, <laughs> but that's like easy. I'll just lie to them. Remember when Abby Morgan <laughs> passed out on a fake petition about mm, weird shit, you know, mm. she's like, but he's like getting people to show up. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And then AJ just fires back. Well, we need solutions. And you're like, what are you doing here? I thought <laughs> yeah, you're bringing what? your college solutions with you. <laughs> My my note is literally, oh, oh, God, why are you here? Please leave immediately. Jen pops up to the rescue. I've never been more happy to see her on the screen. I'm happy every time I see her on the screen. But I was like, you were missed last episode and you are coming to save us from (laughs) this piece of shit, AJ. fucking God. And she's like, don't worry. Jack's putting a notice on the internet and mm. Andy's doing shit the old fashioned way. She's fucking pounding the pavement, making some calls. Right. We see Andy fucking. We see Andy just like hair wild, hair wild. <laughs> on the phone. On, on the, the cordless phone. phone just Andy's like being Andy. Banking. Andy's one woman phone bank. Exactly. Yeah. Just like <laughs> pressuring <laughs> people to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And she just like. When I'm good at blackmail, I'm good at blackmail, you know? And then she's we, like, I'm not going to do this thing for the yearbook if you don't fucking show up. Like, exactly. She's like threatening yeah. everyone, right? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing work, Andy. And then Jack shows up and like is like, Joey got this new flyer for you to approve. Yeah. She, he's like, great, I'm getting 500 printed. And Joey's like, uh, who Wait, is paying for how that? How are we going to afford this? You know? And you're like, well, Jack and Andy are rich, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, and Jack's like, oh, well, Paisley convinced the coffee shop owner to pay for it. Pa- and I mean, Joey's shook. Listen, Paisley has proven himself time and again as an excellent campaign manager and i completely agree <laughs> so just like make him the campaign manager Joey. i mean he is like why are you listening to this guy aj like I, it's just hard that's what i mean is like i you just need a, a little bit more black backstory as to why mm, mm. she's like 
so into what AJ's saying, especially since like the Joey we know doesn't let new people in. Right. I, I want to break this down into Obama terms. I want to say if Joey is the Obama and her goal is the Obama goal, Pacey is the David Axelrod and AJ is the Rahm Emanuel. And what I mean by that is Rahm Emanuel should be cut out of everything anyone ever fucking does from now until eternity. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's like, I, I guess I feel like, um, she, Joey's like the humor mm. and, um, mm. AJ's like the Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner. That's a great, that's a great one too. <laughs> Okay, so, <laughs> so so Joey calls Joey calls everyone to attention and like gives them a nice like you know, yeah like, a little, she, like it's not an inspirational speech like it's she's not like, like great job keep working she like awesome. quotes like we've got miles to walk or you know miles to go like, before we sleep yeah yeah some New England shit and like you know <laughs> just, like it's not like the most inspiring mm. but like. It's from nice. Joey. It, you're you're like wow. Okay, like yeah. these people that know Joey, you're like okay. She this is as inspiring as Joey gets, you know. Right. And everyone's like on board, and like AJ starts singing Joey's praises, you know, like you were amazing. As Pacey looks on, mm. and then AJ, Joey says to AJ, "I couldn't have done it without you." Mm. And Pacey and looks like Pacey, he's going to be sick is trying very poorly to hide being completely crushed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Jen comes as, in. Well, he watches as AJ and, and Joey kiss. kiss. Yeah. yeah. And then Jen's head pops right up and is like, hello. And she's like, are you okay? How's it going over here? What's going on? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to go hang some flowers. And so I think I want to say like, because we've been talking about how Dawson and Joey have said that to each other. Like, are you mm, okay? And mm. I've kind of talked shit on it, even though this is the same question, but this is actually different because it's only obvious to Jen. So yeah. this is a better friend. Like I don't, she I'm not sees saying it. asking someone, are you okay? is not a friendship question. It's mm-hmm. more about the context of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees it. And it's like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically like, do you want to talk about this? I'm yeah. your friend. Yeah, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like, he lies. Yeah, he lies and is like, I'm going out to put up flyers. Like, I don't need any of this. Um, yeah, and so we didn't mention, but when Andy got off the phone, it rang again and she mm-hmm. went to go find Bessie. Yeah. So Bessie at this moment walks over to Joey and says that someone called uh-huh. and said like, oh, I don't think letting high school students use your business as a place to attack the community mm. is going to be good for business. Mm. And Joey's like, I don't get it. And Bessie's <laughs> like, you don't do you. You never do. And then we go to a commercial. It's hard because I feel like Bessie's a little bit out of character I do too. This episode. And I know, I know they did it for a specific reason, mm-hmm. you know, to have this counterpoint, but it, it, yeah, we're about to get there. It's hard to see Bessie like this. I actually don't really think that this is in her character. Yeah. 
let's get, get into to. okay let's get into the next scene because i feel like i want to say a lot this, i was like what this isn't bestie and then it kind of gets worse a little bit later so because yes because we go to the next scene so it goes to commercial we come back and everyone has left the house and so it's just bessie and Bodie and joey yeah and, and joey's like it just must have been a fucking prank man mm-hmm. like what that doesn't make any sense and she's like it might have been even matt caulfield himself like exactly. totally something he would do which which is true absolutely and Bessie is worried about the people that hold the mortgage on the house. Right. Which, so we're, it's revealed that Bessie actually did take a mortgage mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. which it hadn't been confirmed before. Yeah. But then this actual storytelling, <laughs> you sign a contract. Yes. Like a mortgage is a contract. Yes. It's not like you're, it's not like it a can't be transaction with the mob where then they yeah. like change the <laughs> terms like you have terms to this you know so like I don't really know what that means other than maybe she doesn't like you know Joey Bessie's 24 so maybe she doesn't understand (laughs) contracts and mortgages and stuff like that but like I was like "Mm, I don't know what this concern is and she's like her other concern is a little bit more valid you know she's like we need business right you know like being a business owner is fucking hard sure but so Bodhi's there and he's trying to play peacemaker yeah. Because obviously he sees what's really happening. <laughs> yeah. So, cause, right. Because Bessie is like, we can't afford to antagonize these people. And then she's like, at least Bodie and I can't because we're going to still be living here when you go off to college. Right. And Joey's like, what? So, like, I can't criticize this town or try to change it. Like, just because someday I'm going to go to college. Like, yeah. Like, I can't be a member of the community, mm. even though I hope to go to college one day and leave yeah and she's like you know i can't stop now like what do you want me to do and Bodie kind of comes in as peacekeeper yeah and bessie's like well or, and he's like bessie just wants you to be realistic about the situation yeah and i mean i i think they're kind of trying to say like i love this i love you being an ally mm-hmm. but like bessie's been fighting against this racist town the tenure of our relationship yes but okay, so okay, well, let's keep going. So <laughs> Bessie's like, you're spending time defending this man who won't defend himself. Like, how's that? Yeah, like, which you know? I was like, okay, Ooh, that was a Bessie. lot. Yeah, Bessie. and Joey's like, well, she, he white shouldn't... woman, you know, yeah, like, I, that was like, ooh. I think Bessie has a few moments in this. Yes, because Joey's like, he shouldn't have to defend himself. He exactly. didn't do anything wrong. Which, like, yeah, defend himself from what? From racist people trying to control the narrative? No, white allies. That is our job. Mm. This is our job. Mm. Using our white bodies and our white voices. Mm. But so Bessie very strongly says, like, you're sure about that? Like, are you sure the kid Matt Caulfield doesn't deserve another chance? And I wanted to just say, so I and it's hard because I, like I said, I don't really believe in expelling kids, you know? So like I can, in a way, see where Bessie's coming from. I actually like only slightly, because I think she's being actually really fucked up and out of character, but Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, is expelling the right thing to do? And I, I think you could ask someone that in like a, in a fact finding mission of like, is do you you were there do you believe that this was the right action because i i'm a little bit unsure and on the fence about that right and then if someone that was there was like i do you're like okay right so i wanted to say i listened to dawson speak um mm-hmm. and their episode for the la- for 315 the last one we did mm-hmm. because um 
So I listened to it after we taped our episode, which I do sometimes mm -hmm. listen to some other people's after we tape, just so I don't like steal their ideas. <laughs> um, and like, so if you guys don't know Dawson Speak, they are uh, two Asian American writers and podcasters. They're both journalists. And like, I really wanted to hear their thoughts about the painting. Um, mm, and, yeah. the, and I was wrong. It was a Chinese um, character. It was not a Japanese character. I apologize. That is my own ignorance. But one of the things they said in that episode that applies to this episode, so I, I do need to give them credit, is that like, um, they were like, did they bring Bodhi back for this episode? I mean, I felt that way last episode and this one too. Right. Um, and it's it's problematic because it's like it's really convenient that Bodhi is one of the few black characters on this show and is like here to comment on all this. Yeah. That said, it, I want him to be here to comment on all no, this. No, it's very complicated because like I appreciate that he's there. Like yeah. if anyone should be there, it should be him. Right. You know. Right. It's fucked up that they don't add him to more storylines like we right. complain about that all the time so exactly. it's like they're like we need you for it like you know the same mm. way that they're like we're gonna get Obaba Tunde this amazing actor and and Bianca Lawson this amazing actress and like you know we're mm. gonna like tell like you know this like fucking whitewash story about like mm -hmm. racism in America like it's just like it's very twisted it's hard this episode is problematic <laughs> yeah because my, my problem with this episode is that it centers the white people and their thoughts and feelings on someone else being affected deeply by racism. Right. Because, okay, so Joey says everyone <laughs> at the school knows it'll be better without Math Caulfield. Uh-huh. She's like, the meeting was fucking dark, Bessie. You weren't there. Yeah. And it was more, it was about more than Matt being expelled. Right. And Bessie's like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. And Bodie's like, Come on, Bessie, this out of control reaction wouldn't happen if Principal Green was white. Mm -hmm. And this part yeah. made me so fucking mad because instead of listening to her partner, <laughs> no, also, they never, ever, ever say Principal Green is black. Right. They don't He'd, say it. Bodie should say this is happening because he's black. Right. To center it around whiteness. If he was white, this would mm. be different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is so we're going to talk about it later in the, the end of the episode. But mm -hmm. Obu Tunde talks about it. We, I mentioned it in last episode where Matt Caulfield says, like, I'm white, I'm rich, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And then when Principal Green repeats it back, he says, You're smart and rich. Mm -hmm. So they, Dawson's Creek is fucked up mm. because they don't allow the black characters to talk about racism Whiteness, and yeah. to talk about being black up uh, to talk about they their own blackness and to talk about how whiteness works yes. against them. Yes. Yeah. Cause my thing too, was like, instead of listening to her partner who is a black man, mm -hmm. Bessie and hearing the truth that he is telling and his truth. Yeah. Bessie like is kind of like, you know what? They would still be upset if he were white. And Bodhi's like, well, yeah, but like, but they not like this. Upset. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, Bodhi fucking knows. <laughs> like, I mean, we all knew when we were fucking watching it. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. It's just like, even you're like, Bessie, what? You had, you fought off fucking Evelyn Ryan for like 
a whole season. Like you talk about the experience. Like you, what do you mean? Like that's what it's hard. It's hard. This conversation, the way that Bessie's coming from. And again, I wish mm-hmm. we just had a little bit more of like what Bessie was. Well, because by, because there's this part of me that's like, Bessie grew up in a small town that clearly has very severe race. Yes. Racial animosity problems. And so like, you know, I mean, like all of us that grow up in white supremacy, like it doesn't all just go away, even when you fall in love with a black person, right? You can still be racist and be fucking married to someone who's black. Yeah. Um, you know, that happens. So they, there's yeah. this part of me that's like, oh, I mean, like, go into this story. Let's see this. Like, that, like, there are these points where Bessie and Bodie sort of, like, have friction because she doesn't fucking get it. Right. Um, uh, that, to me, is interesting. But that's not really what happens. We kind of skate by that, you know? Like, yeah, Bessie's annoyed and just storms out. And mm-hmm. then AJ walks in and he's like, ooh, ooh, probably not the best time to let you know I'm abandoning you. <laughs> And he's like, you know, I got you into this fight with your sister and I undermanned mine the financial viability of your business. So my work here is done. And he says it sort of sarcastically, but I'm like, oh, my God, none of this is about you. Like, what are you doing? And Joey literally like begs him to stay. Uh Like, You cannot leave. Like, I kind of am doing this because like you're here, you know, and like I, I want you to support me. And he's like, mm, I got papers to grade. And you're yeah. like, you don't need to physically be in Boston yeah. to grade papers. Mm. Yeah. And he, but and he's, he's like, like, you know, you've you're got surrounded. excellent people around yeah. you. Like, even that Pacey guy turned out to be a good person. And you're <laughs> like, that's what I mean. I was just like, what? A, I don't understand why you have this idea about Pacey. <laughs> I just don't understand what the fuck you're doing here. I wish I could tell you that this is AJ's last appearance, but unfortunately, that would be a misleading. A lie. A lie. <laughs> That would be a lie. And she, so yeah, he's like, AJ's like, you know, that pacing guy turned out to be a good person. And Joey's like, what, what gave you that idea? Yeah. And, and then he, we, oh my God. He's like, I'm an excellent judge of character. Oh, yeah. I found you after all. Ugh. I literally, like, the sound that came out of my <laughs> mouth, he said that because obviously I didn't remember that because I haven't seen this. I don't watch this episode. I probably haven't seen it in like six years. I was like, Oh God. I just like I think we're supposed to be endeared by that, but like it just it's I, horrifying. I barfed in my mouth. It's horrifying. Such a good char- judge of character. I mean, I found you. You didn't find her. There was a mishap that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you were an asshole to her the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You seem to have no friends. So yeah. I don't know like if we can really say that you're a good judge of character because like <laughs> nobody seems like to want to be around you <laughs> you're just a judge of character yeah yeah it was we go outside to pacey who is angrily stapling flyers to a post in the fucking freezing cold it looks so cold so, it looks so cold and jen walks up mm. and she's like mm, i think that shit's up there um so about that talk did you want to have it now yeah <laughs> seems and- like something bothering you Maybe we should talk about, about it. you being okay. Did you want to like expand on that? <laughs> what does okay mean to you? Yeah. And, and Pacey's like, like I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And she's like, mm. and he's like, okay, okay. Maybe say I have a problem. Say I have this problem that you think that I have. And he's like, you know, Pacey's like, is it obvious that I'm having this problem? And like, Jen's and like, like yes, yeah. it's becoming Maybe. that way. <laughs> You know, to your best friend, Jen. Yes. Yes. And Paisley's like, so it seems that I have gotten myself into an impossible situation. 
Yeah. And it's like, ugh, he says, having fallen for or it being in the process of falling for the oh, worst the person I could ever fall for. Uh, and he's like, so if that were the case, what would you tell me to do? And she's like, well, impossible decisions are only made possible by doing something. Yeah. You only get out of those situations by doing something about it. And he's like, so I should declare myself so she can laugh in my face. <laughs> and Jen's like, like, no, the thing is, he's like, she's not interested. I'm totally ducky. Yep. And he says, like, Ducky, like, um, from the Mighty Ducks? No, she doesn't no, say that. But. <laughs> she doesn't, but she should. <laughs> He's like Molly Ringwald's best friend from Pity and Pink, the dot guy who definitely does not get the girl. And Jen's like, yeah, but he makes the girl feel good about him- herself. He stands <laughs> by her through so many fashion emergencies. Yes. He lip syncs in public. He takes her to the prom. And Paisley's like, where she dumps him for another guy. And I just, like, would like to tell all the teenagers out there, Ducky is 100% gay. And um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's I, all I, you need to know. I know. I went I, to a, a screening of that movie and he was there. And uh, were you there? Did you go with me? No, but you told yeah, me about no. it. Yeah. I remember it distinctly. <laughs> Diablo Cody was interviewing him and mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, it's weird that I like became a gay icon, but I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, uh, like literally, if you haven't watched that movie in a while, rewatch it. Ducky is ne- not straight. Yeah, and no, um, I think that's why he became a gay icon. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and also the movie we've talked about it before, Pretty mm. in Pink, was actually written that she does end up with him, but right. Molly Ringwald didn't like that storytelling, and so she didn't act it that way the whole time, and they had to recut the ending. Yes. Also, uh, I think Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to play Ducky. Exactly. And yeah. so it was like, no, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Her thing was like. You know, with John Cryer. She wanted Robert Downey Jr. Mm. to play Ducky. I think John Hughes wanted Anthony Michael Hall to play Ducky. Oh. And John and Anthony Michael Hall was like, I don't want to be typecast as the nerd guy. So he turned it down. Oh. And then she, they they were tight. So, you know, John Hughes and Molly Ringwald. And she mm-hmm. wanted Robert Downey Jr. Mm. And John Hughes went with John um, Cryer. Who's lovely. And the, I mean, that's a great character, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jen's like, the question is, are you going to stand by her in a ducky fashion? Or are you going to let her f- let, or are you going to let hurt feelings and pride prevent you from being the friend you purport yourself to be? Yeah. And then and it's kind of like, good of Jen to be like, look, are you going to be who you want to be? Like who you, like you, mm-hmm. like, are you going to let this unrequited feelings change you? Right. You know, right. and it, and that is such a good lesson, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes people don't like you back. Like how, how's that going to affect your, your relationship with them? Like, are you going to decide you're not friends with them anymore and like not talk to them? Or are you going to be the person you want to be and like try to manage your expectations of romance? Right. Cause Pacey said, you know, it just hurts. Like, I, you know, that's all. Yeah. It just hurts. And Jen's I, like, that just means it's not pretend, you know? Yeah. And then he sighs and like, I, his, his size make me swoon. <laughs> They're coming back. There's going to be more and more. But there like, are. he's like, oh, <sighs> my God. Ugh. Yes. Um. So we cut over to the superintendent's office where Dawson and Gail are waiting to interview him. And yeah. Dawson's like, why Dawson's are we like interviewing him? Trying to make Gail share, share a bias story. And you're mm-hmm. like, 
Dawson, she's been trying to school you on how this other woman telling a biased story is fucked up. Doesn't mean that the reaction is to then on your side tell a biased story. Agree. I agree with you to a certain extent because I want to say Gail then says it's my job to get both sides of the story. And in 2020, that's fucking triggering. (laughs) Just even that. Because my thing is like when one side of the story is like we're being horrible racists, I don't feel like you need to hear that side of the story. Yeah. And like, it's also that in 2020, to be honest, one of the most triggering parts is that there's only two sides to a story. Right. That's creating a binary is fucked up, you right. know, like that just like that is untrue. And, <laughs> you know, yes. and also one of the problems in, you know, media and, and, and our, um, you know, controlling the narrative, you know, you know, but yeah, Gail's kind of like. You know, controlling the narrative is petty and bullshit. <laughs> and mm. I'm just like, is this meta? <laughs> I can't, I, like, I can't. I mean, it's weird coming at it from this perspective because I'm like, there are things that are really triggering that I don't think we're triggering in tw- in 2000. Yeah. Um, cause I just think, like, like, what I've made this point about Dawson is that he likes to control the narrative. Mm-hmm. About right. his, life, his fiction. Yeah. You know, and, um, and yeah. Gail's kind of trying to give him a teachable moment of like, controlling the narrative is not it it, it's bad yeah um and gail's like look the best journalists don't like just ask the right questions they talk to everyone but they ask the right questions and that's how this truth surfaces yeah she's like don't worry that camera it was bought by my skill bitch (laughs) true that's exactly what she says um and so they go into the superintendent's office and he's saying into the camera like you know, that they're not asking for an unreasonable request of Mr. Green, they, Principal Green. They want him to readmit the student who caused a little trouble here or there. And like Gail's like, well, most of the students side with Green, with Principal yeah. Green. Like it sounds like it's a little bit more than trouble here or there. Yeah. It like there's low key terrorizing of the students, but right. okay. Okay. All right. And, okay. and the superintendent's like, well, you know, if he like offered to shorten the school day, they'd follow him anywhere. And Gail's like, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't firing principal Green the same as expelling Matt Caulfield? Like, mm-hmm. and Fielding's like, well, it's best for the community. Mm-hmm. Again, which community? Uh, take a stab. Yeah. What does community mean to this guy? And Gail says, oh, are you oh. responsible to the community? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, I'm just wondering if I could have you read something aloud. Um, it's right here. I've highlighted it. Mm. And he, <laughs> I, it's funny because he thinks Gail's an idiot, even though like we all know she, like he would know who she is. Yeah, you know? totally. But, like, no, okay. Totally. And he starts reading uh-huh. and it's like, says that like, the superintendent is supposed to serve the students. Right. And he's, and he's like, like, what is this? <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's the contract you signed when you became superintendent. Right. It's like, hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's like, you know, Gail's like, it doesn't seem to say anything about the community. It says that you're beholden to the students and like, you're supposed to do what's best for the students. And you can see your signatures right there at the bottom. Yeah, seem that's even your signature. Hello. You, is that, isn't it? And he's like, yes. And then he fucking leaves the interview. And so. then Gail turns back at Dawson and winks. Like, like, that's how it's done. And finger point, you know, <laughs> 
It's actually a really cute, teachable moment. I it think. is. Like I think parent, it is too. You know? And like, obviously, we're still dealing with people walking out of interviews when they don't like the questions. Um, yeah. To this day, so. And also dealing with white men thinking that white women are idiots. Hmm. Check out Leslie Stahl's interview. <laughs> <laughs> coming up um so we cut then to the greenhouse where nikki not yeah. the greenhouse the principal green's house um where nikki is like going out and principal green's like where are you going and she's and like she's you're like you're not gonna like it you're not gonna like it mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go to joey's rally mm-hmm. and nikki just doesn't get in and this is like this is a, a an experience that teenagers have where you're mm-hmm. like i don't see where you're coming from right like, you know you're trying to protect yourself from being seen as angry yeah that she's she's like you're so afraid they're gonna paint you as an angry white as an angry man and he's like i am angry how like people talk shit on joey for being angry all the time Mm -hmm. and you can see how he has this fear of being seen as angry i mean and 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 it's just like such an agent of classism and white supremacy where it's like you're not allowed to be angry at this really corrupt system at the thing that should make you fucking furious and if you're angry even though you should be angry because it's really fucked up where that diminishes your authority to speak on such a subject right Right. And he, cause he's like, I like, am angry. I, I have every right to be angry. Why shouldn't and it's I be? Interesting. It kind of, I wanted to circle back to what we had talked about before about Nikki mm. saying, like, I am angry. Yep. And she exactly. says it really calm. He says it angry too. He says it the same way of like, very I calmly. am angry. Yeah. Like super calm. And I think that's another thing that we don't really talk about enough is just like how anger manifests itself. It's like, you can be angry and not lean into yelling or violence. <laughs> yes, that's true um and he's like you know do you know how much it hurts that i like did the right thing and, and like I'm doing the right thing and because and, of racism like this yeah, is not he working says, that's not what he says I and know. this is to my point yes. he says because of someone's deep-seated fears yeah that would be racism fuck you dawson's creek for not just being like like it, it's not uh, ugh. They don't ever mention racism in this episode. Very about special racism. episode about racism. Yeah, it's irresponsible. No, I. I mean, I think you're right. You know that part. Like again, I had to pause and walk away because I like I. I knew they weren't going to say racism, but the way that like this black man has to say like because it's all into deep seated fears. I mean, they're just deep seated fears, right? And you're like, no, it's a system of oppression that should be. Yeah, call a spade admitted. a spade. Exactly. That's literally mm. my note. Fucking call a spade a spade. Are you kidding me? Fuck this. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, I don't want to leave these kids or this town and I don't want to put you through this. I am angry. But if I show men like Caulfield one flash of this anger, they will use it against me. And I was just like, no lies detected. That is absolutely true. I know. I completely agree. Yeah. And so Nikki's like, well, you know, those people aren't there tonight. They're on your side and they're fighting for you. And like, they need to know that win or lose, you support them. And I'm like, I don't think that they do need to know that. I think that he can choose to not be involved and they can fight for him. But also like he has never expressed that this is what he wants. Right. Um, you know, that my thing is like, it's a little complicated. 
this is a person. Yeah, I mean, because I think it's more personal of what Nikki wants, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. she's seeing her dad being totally like dragged through the mud and not saying anything. And she's like, what? Like that, that's unfair. That's so frustrating. You right. know, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, I don't like this, you know, and it, it feels a little bit more personal for Nikki. I agree that like he doesn't owe these white kids anything. He doesn't owe these white parents anything, you right. know, like they, they don't need to like, they're doing the right thing. These kids by using their white bodies sure. to defend this racist behavior. Yeah. But it's like, it's it, it kind and of like he gets to choose what he wants to do about that. Exactly. And my thing is like, I wish we were with Nikki and principal green for most of this episode. Like I would like to see right. what they're dealing with. And I kind of wish Joey was working with Nikki instead of with AJ. Cause I feel like it's such a better story. If like, like if, you know, I said a few episodes ago, like Paul Stupin suggested that Nikki was a romantic like person for Dawson, which like we have not seen. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we've seen like, okay, they could be they, like, they haven't kissed. He's not whatever. Right. right so, right. so like, you know, I think even in that context, like thinking about that, like it's really interesting to have her and Joey team up for something like this. Like, right. wouldn't that be interesting? And like, I just I think that it's a missed opportunity that like you have three black people, which is the most black people we will ever have on the show together on one episode. Yeah. Um, And they're all great actors. And like, you're not really we don't get to see their perspective. Like we get to see little bits and pieces and hints of their perspective. Right. Th- this through the white gaze. Yeah. But this episode is built around the white kids. And how they deal with the racism. And there's a part of me that's like, good, white people need to deal with racism. But also, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I also am more interested in seeing black people's sort of, like, stories, I guess, than Joey, like, learning how to be a leader by doing this. Right. Um, I'm going to have a little bit more to say about that at the end. Um, So so then we go to the rally. Yeah, and Dawson's there filming. Mm Mm-hmm. He sees Nikki and like um, Jen comes up to Joey and mm-hmm. is such a good friend of Pacey. Yeah. And she says to Joey, like, she's Pacey's hype man. Pacey fucking pulled all this shit off. Right. He's fucking amazing. And Joey's like, yeah, like, it's great. But I haven't seen or heard from him all day. And just then we hear Pacey checking the mic system because, of course, he's working behind the scenes to make sure everything works. Yeah. Also, he's wearing a Boston Bruins hockey jersey. And I'm like kind of glad that every once in a while we get a reminder that we're on Cape Cod like you know what I mean like definitely. I mean I personally loved the hockey jersey because I thought it, I didn't know what team it was and I mm-hmm. thought it was a callback to the Mighty Ducks but oh. <laughs> it's the Boston Bruins um and Pacey like turns it over to Joey and she sort of gives a speech about why she's doing this like and and is like it's not because Matt Caulfield trashed my art project yeah like, like I like that she points out like look that fucking racist white dude was like i'm mad about that like that is not what is happening here like what is happening is actually unjust and has nothing to do with my mural (laughs) right she's like you know people in town like think that the principal doesn't know what's best for him that he's an outsider but how can he be an outsider when he walks the halls with us when he's taken all this time to get to know us and to figure out our talents and whether basically define the term outsider right and she i mean she gives it's a great speech she's like look he has done all this great shit for us like you know how can he be an outsider he's trying to make our lives better he's there with us every day Mm -hmm. you know and she was like look i just thought that maybe that's what we could do in this moment is talk about how principal green has made our lives better 
Yeah. And she looks at the audience and she's like, okay, no one's raising their hands. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel like I'm in Mr. Peterson's class again. (laughs) And they all start laughing and remembering how shitty the educators are. Right. And we are supposed to get a music cue then um, before we get the sort of responses of Savage Garden's song, Two Beds and a Coffee Machine. Okay. <laughs> Not familiar with that one. No. Okay. Nope. It's it's a it's it's a it's a bang ish. It's like not <laughs> great, but <laughs> a light bang. A light bang. Um. So and we get like you know get people standing up. Andy says like yeah like Andy's such a good friend. She does it first. Mm. You know. So she's like, you know, oh, he taught me that my mistakes aren't reversible. And like other kids get up to talk, including the kid who plays Minkus in Boy Meets World. I know. World. Yeah, yeah. That guy had been an extra already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone pointed it out to us, but I, I remembered and looked it up this time. Um, and then Nikki gives up and gives like this kind of great speech about like what her father tells her about all of them and like how proud he is of all of them. Yeah. yeah Nikki's like, look, I'm new. I barely know you, but I kind of do because my dad talks about y'all all the time. Right. Which is really, uh, it's great. And right then Green walks up behind her as she's talking and he like walks up to the stage. And right then we see that Bodhi's in the audience as well. Yeah. And Um, everyone's like kind of nervous. And Joey, I mean, to Joey's credit, she totally, she's like, gets out of the way, gives him the mic. is like, here you go. And like, he, he says like, I had mixed feelings about coming here this evening but after he and Nikki talked, like, it was clear I had to come. And he says, you know, it's really, like, inspiring that they're on his side and they're fighting for him. And he just, like, wanted to thank them for and for their support. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, and to be honest, like, I'm not backing down. Right. So that means that there are consequences. Right. And I'll probably be leaving. But I'm inspired by all the students that see how this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I want to thank you for that. Yeah. And he says, like, the fact that you've chosen to harness your power as individuals, like, is really inspiring. And, like, thank you. And, like, everyone is, like, well, Jen is <laughs> such a good actress. She's, like, on the verge of tears in this really, like, believable way, you know? Like, they cut to her face, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. They cut to everyone's face, who's kind of, like, inspired. Yeah. yeah. Um, the and, and so, like, then we go, like, after the rally, we kind of go to Jen as she walks up to Pacey, and she's like, you know, you really rallied in this ducky-like manner. Yeah. And Pacey's like, yeah, but I feel like dog like meat. Because <laughs> she didn't even thank me. He says what I'm always saying. She didn't fucking thank me, you know, like people Mm. say, please, thank you. And I'm sorry more. Mm -hmm. And Jen's like, she will someday. Okay. Well, yeah, she does say that. And then like, she's, Pacey is like looking at Joey, you know, who Uh is like got people surrounding her and is like, kind of, he doesn't say anything, but I think he, I could feel like I fucking hope so. Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) And Joey goes to Bodhi and Bodhi's like, oh, are you ready to leave? 
Wait, we're supposed to get a music cue. Uh-huh. Um, Mary Beth Maziar's Tracks of My Tears. Oh. Um, here. So they replaced that for some reason. But yeah, he's like, you ready to leave? And and Bodhi looks so proud of her. Like he's I like, know. It's so sweet. Like, yet again, just give me a whole fucking show of this family. Like, I completely I, agree. <laughs> I want. Oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, maybe you should drive. And she's like, drive stick. Fuck you. No yeah. way. And she's like, do you think? Bessie will let us in. Yeah. And, and she... he's like, maybe we'll just leave in the car. Like they kind of banter about yeah, 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 it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And as they take a few steps, they see that actually Bessie was there with Alexander. Mm-hmm. And, and Bessie kind of shocked, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is interesting. And I think like Bessie's like, cause J- when Joey's like, no, I don't want to drive stick. Bessie's like, Oh, are you backing down from something? Like that's not the yeah. Joey I know. Yeah. <laughs> And she, and they're like, you're here? And she's like, I mean, it was Alexander. He mm. goes on and on about his aunt and how talented and smart and mm. brave she is. Mm. I literally cried. <laughs> it's sweet. It is sweet. It's really sweet. And Joey's like, okay, well, maybe I will drive home. And, and like, Bodie hands her the keys. It's like a kind of, like, this is my thing. Is like, that's such a nice family moment. And there's a, there's a moment that I think about that, like, you know, this is so important to Joey, even though she's a white kid, like, you know, this is so important to Joey. This means this is her family. Like part yeah. of this is really affecting of her family. And and I agree with you that I wish that that is said more explicitly. Yeah. And, exactly. and it's like, you know, it's, I love that. It's like, you know, she's like, no, this is personal to me. And I, I'm going to like stand up for it. And like, and does that. I mean, I think that's such a brave, nice thing to do, like good thing to do. And like the right thing to do. And so, I don't know. I, I just, I, I agree. I wish they say it more explicitly. Yeah. So. And so we go to the school the next day mm-hmm. and Principal Green is packing up his office and, mm-hmm. and Joey comes in. In her and, carpenter jeans. <laughs> and she says like, or he... He ha- he's like, I've got a few minutes and she's like, or she's like, you have a few minutes. You could change your mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you want and that? And he's like, is that what you want? Because you get the vibe he would if she said that. Mm. And she's like, I don't know, because I think you're doing the right thing. Like, But I also feel like I failed you mm-hmm. because I wasn't loud enough or strong enough. And like, and there's a little part of me that's like, don't make this about you. It's about him and what's I happening to him. I completely agree. I was but... like, this is a weird mm. thing, you know, like, you know, I like that she's like, has this space to say how she's really feeling. Mm-hmm, of like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is my fault because this asshole, Matt Caulfield, for some reason, had it out for me and painted right. my mural. And right. then like this cascading chain of events right. like, out right. resulting in you being kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. And he's and she's like, I'm just really sorry. And he, Principal Green is like, look at me. In all my years of education, I've never felt more successful than the way I feel now. Mm-hmm. And he says, thank you for fighting for me. Yeah. Which is a really sweet. And he's like, well, it's time for me to go home. And she looks at him and she's like in a callback, like after yeah, you, after you. And he leaves and, and we get a song again that is criminal that they okay. did not buy the rights to i completely agree whatever song was playing i was like i haven't seen this song show in years this episode in years and i fucking know this is not the song yeah i know it with every i don't know what song it was but i was like i know 
This is not the song that played in 2000. You're right. The song that played in 2000 is James Taylor's That Lonesome Road. Oh. Which is, um, I am a huge James Taylor fan. My parents used to play that for me. My parents are huge James Taylor fans. Yeah. And uh, Joey follows Green out and she says, like, you know, I'll see you. And when he turns the corner, here's where I started crying. Um, When he turns the corner, all the students are lining the halls to give him an applause. And, like... I remember crying in the year 2000. Yeah. It, it made me cry again a little bit in the year 2020. Um, I was too mad. Like, ugh, like, it's really like, it is really poignant. I completely agree. And I know that I cried in 2020 or sorry, 20, 2000. 2000. But like, I, I was just like, oh, I, I did not cry the time. same way in 2020 that I right? did cry in 2000. <laughs> I want to say like, I, I it Fair was boy. like, it was like a tear. Like I was like, it is really touching because he walks also, out halfway. the song is so fucked up that they yeah. replace it with. It was like really hurting my brain. It's just like a little bit on the nose. Like, I don't know. There was like one specific lyric where yeah, I was like, a teacher oh, is like, yes. <laughs> like, what the fuck is yeah. this? Yeah, no, it's uh, agreed. But about halfway down the hall, my tear, my little tear dried up because he sees Nikki and, and she sort of grabs her and they walk out together and I cannot tell you how much I do not like that this scene ends with two of the three black people on this show leaving to the applause of a mostly white student body. Yep. Um, it rubs me completely the wrong way. Um, also, this is the last we see of both Nikki and Principal Green. Yep. And I think that that is a tremendous loss for this show. I would have loved for them to be on it for longer. Completely um, agree. Uh, like even have- in the year 2000, like we said... Oh, Tunde for like for me, he was a that guy. You're like, mm. oh, that guy. Like, mm. so you think that they're and like when you see him in a second episode, you're like, okay, he's gonna be on for a season, at least the whole a season, yeah. Character, or like you know, one of the like like an Abby Morgan character, right. and then when you see fucking Bianca Lawson as his daughter, right. you're like, great, they're here for the long haul, and so like to see them leave like this, it's just like such. A, you're like, what? Because I think like there's so much I mean, both of them, you know, for so much of this season, they've been so great. Like they they were such great characters at the first start. And, and and not that they don't continue to be great characters. It's just the show doesn't really give them anything. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, why isn't Nikki like why is Abby Morgan on screen more than Nikki Green? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, like, they serve different parts, but like so but Nikki Green, yeah. I mean, I just feel like it was like it's kind of sputtered, right? Like it was like she she comes on so strong and oh my god, she's so great. That first episode, she's so great. Yeah. And like it's not that she's not great. She's great every time she's on screen. It's just that like she didn't have anything to work with 90% of the time. I mean, I think one of the best moments of Dawson to date is their conversation in her room about mm. how he feels about his parents getting divorced. Absolutely. I, I personally feel like it's one of the only times Dawson gets deep about his feelings. And Absolutely. like, as some, you know, I struggle with, I'm like, where is he coming from? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I don't get mm-hmm. it at all. When I get that, I'm like, ah, like, thank you. I needed that, you know? And so they, they had like this, they do have chemistry in that way that they're mm-hmm. like, it was believable that he would feel comfortable and take that space from her. Yeah share and so you kind of wanted more of that you know especially Mm -hmm. as the season unfolds it would have been good to have a a, a friend that he could confide in yeah um and i yeah it's i mean i i hate to say goodbye to them but this is where that ends 
Um, and we go out to Gail in it's her restaurant. Snowy. It is so snowy. <laughs> and yeah, we go to Gail's in the restaurant. She's mm. on the phone and she's mm. like super amped. She's so excited. Mm-hmm. And she turns around and Dawson's there and she's like, oh my God, they're going to run my piece, mm-hmm. you know, and they want me to go down to the, the um, studio to record an intro. Yeah. And Dawson's like, this is fucking amazing. And she's like, yeah. And then it's kind of wild because the executive producer asked me if I'd be interested in doing some more special reporting. Yeah. In the couple in the next couple of months. And Dawson's like, oh, my God, it's great. <laughs> it's fucking dope. Right. Like, what did he say? And she's like, yeah, like, you know, I kind of had to think about it. And I was like, I said no. And yeah. Dawson is like. Sure. Right. Yeah. What? Like, I thought that's what you wanted. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Right. What do you mean? And she's like, I realized what I wanted was to be able to say no and to leave on my own terms. Yeah. And you know what it made me think of? Hmm. Of when Joey was like, would it be okay if I just said no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think- and I, I think that that's like this really speaks like this line really spoke to me because Mm -hmm. I think that that's a lot of things that women struggle with is that it's like, there's all these things on your plate and all these (laughs) like, you know, Mm -hmm. like forces at work. And sometimes you just want things to be on your own terms and to have the consent to be like, no. Yeah. Cause she's like, you know, I told him I was in the restaurant business now. And And she's like, call me in 20 years when I'm done in the restaurant business, you know, and I'm excited for this new chapter of my life. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I just wanted to have this fresh start with no regrets. And like, that's awesome. And then Gail goes into this whole spiel towards Dawson that like, I'll give it to her because she's a mother. But like, I completely agree. Like, I was like, don't forget Gail's his mom, Gail's his mom. (laughs) But I was like, what is happening here? I I don't understand why they did this. Like, I I don't really know. I don't either. And it feels they're doing and I can't tell if it's because like, I don't know. Like, it it was super out of place, to be honest. Does it it have something to do with the Pacey-Joey situation? I don't know. But, like... Well, it feels a little to me, like, because this episode did not revolve around Dawson at all. Like, it revolves around Joey, really. I mean, it revolves around Principal Green and Nikki, but it also revolves around Joey. Um, You know, like... Well, I think it's, like, how it's, a like, the... What Dawson and Gail are doing is very similar to what Joey and, and Pacey are doing. Mm-hmm. Dawson's inspiring Gail to, you know, use her voice to speak, you know, to speak up and like kind of be the person she wants to be. And then Gail is there to like thank him, mm-hmm. which Joey didn't do. But it, it's just kind of creepy because like I don't like the like, yeah. weird relationship between Dawson and Gail at times. So like drawing those parallels, I'm like, I can't go there. Yeah. Cause Gail's like, you inspired me the way you inspire everybody. And like, I think like you think you've changed, but you're still the quiet hero. The quiet hero. <laughs> um, and she's like, you know, you're stepping in at the right time and lending your efforts and n- never asking for a reward in return. And I was like, okay, wait, what show is Gail watching? <laughs> Cause that's I not know. what I'm seeing. <laughs> And she's like, you know, you're smart and capable and sincere. And Dawson's like, I think you're editorializing. Um, And it's kind of like, I mean, there's a part of... It's a sweet mom moment. Like, it it, it totally works as Gail being, like, the supportive Mm, mom. And I I like it for that moment. Totally. It feels out of place in the context of, like, yeah, we just, like, made this black man leave because, like, he wanted accountability for white men. And then, like, (laughs) but just, like... After that scene, we want you to remember that Dawson's a quiet hero. Dawson's and he's the hero. Sincere, and he's the he's hero. He's capable and smart. Mm. So, like, don't forget that. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, here we go, Aaron. Then here we, get we go. to the part that everyone remembers about this episode. Mm. And Pacey okay. and Joey. Pacey's Pacey, got Joey by the hand. He's dragging her he's across the street. dragging her. And it's so fucking cute. She's like, what's happening? What's happening? They're so cute. Yeah. And he's like, look, what I realized is it all started with a girl, a wall, mm. and a paintbrush. Yeah. And he holds up a paintbrush. And she's, and like, she's like, what you the fuck's happening? You bought me a paintbrush? Yeah. And he's like, no, I, I stole this from your permanent collection. Yeah. And he points behind him. And she's like, you bought me a wall? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. We Aaron and I have stood in front of this wall at one point in our lives. Yes. Um, and this, like, I cannot even explain to you how 2000 Aaron felt. <laughs> I think to date, this is, you always remember your first love. Mm. This is the most romantic thing I've ever seen. Mm, it's pretty good. Because he's like, like, I didn't buy it. I rented it. First of all, and it was a hundred bucks. So it was, it was pretty expensive, bucks. dude. And she just like stops and she's like, "You she's... bought me a wall." Like she's like, <laughs> "She's me." That's in two thousand. Like, what? What? Oh my god! And he's like, you know, it's a limited time offer, so like you got to get going on this. And she's like, "Did you fail to notice how big how this, big is? this wall is?" <laughs> And he says to her, like, your next endeavor should be bigger and better than your last one. It's important you keep growing as a person and an artist. And he also bought her a, a thing of paint. And he holds up a gallon of paint. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He just like, it's important that you grow and be whoever mm-hmm. you want to be and mm-hmm. grow as an artist. And I, I think that I want to. It's like you took this risk of being an artist and I want to encourage that about yeah. you. Yeah, even if I didn't like it, I mean, it's we're still unclear on whether or not Pacey even liked that. Thought it painting. was good. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, it just doesn't matter. It if doesn't matter. Can be an artist, it can be an artist, like you yeah, know. And Joey's totally. already said like she doesn't care about the audience, right? So Joey's like, well, like I'm gonna need your help, like. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, not this time. You're no, on your own, sister. Absolutely not. He's I'm not helping sister. you. And he's like, she's like, you're unbelievable. She and should. She doesn't say that mad she says it like whoa you are like kind she of unbelievable because like, she's like speechless yeah, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> like us, like or like 2000 aaron it's just like i cannot believe like i cannot drop, comprehend drop. what is happening mm-hmm. and she's like you know what you just you're wild you yeah. challenge me in a way that no one else does right it's like every time every time I think I have you figured out, you like do something so outrageous that challenges me in a way that no one would think of. And then she turns and looks at him and she says, in case I don't say it enough, thank, thank you. you. And, and it's he's- so sincere. And like, I think she's been friends with Dawson too long and mm. she suffers from the same. She doesn't she says she's sorry, but she, she doesn't say thank you and please enough i think mm-hmm. yeah i agree and and she he's like it's about time potter and we just get the swelling of that james taylor song again it's supposed to be i know um, because it was the other and i was like absolutely not is. this is not how this was in my mind in 2000 yeah. i cannot believe i like literally was like yeah. i cannot believe what's happening I because i actually thought i would feel different in this scene i've seen this scene in like youtube clips of like mm-hmm. 11 best pc and joey moments um and they do have the original song in it. So I thought it would feel mm. differently. I wasn't as like shook as I am. Yeah. About uh, that. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, uh, butter a wall. Yeah. 
And well, so Pacey walks away and Joe leaves Joey just like looking at this wall with her paint and her paintbrush, her can of paint and her paintbrush. Yeah. And we fade out on Joey looking at this brick wall. And yeah, like, she's she's looking at possibility. Mm, my heart, my heart. <laughs> it cannot yeah. take this. Yeah. So jo- Julie and I, yeah, we we've been to Wilmington. We've been to the Wilmington. Well, we the number one place we wanted to go was this wall. <laughs> and I did send Aaron all the photos yeah. I have of us in front of the wall. Unfortunately, it was dark. So you just have to take our word that we're at that we wall because that we wall. fucking were. And like we were shook. Yeah. yeah. And um, so like, here's the thing. I don't remember exactly my reaction in 2000 to the, the memory to the wall. Like I, I, it's weird because like, I feel like since I know it so well now, I know what, what's going to happen to the wall. It's a little bit hard for me to divorce that from what I first felt. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I know how I feel about it now. Um, Interesting. But I think that from what I remember, I felt like Pacey was a sweetheart for doing it. It's like such a sweet thing to do something like that. Um, and like, I think that I saw how sweet it was. Um, right. but like, I, I don't have as like vivid of memories of that particular thing. Like to me, this is like, he's much similar the next day being like, he was watching her sleep. Mm. It was like the next day at school, like he bought her a wall. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like it's such this is such a weird episode to watch in 2020 just like overall because like some of it like we were saying like some of it feels so familiar like it it's triggering in a way yes it's like part of it's a little white saviory but like but not as much as you would think. Right. I, I was actually I I was telling Aaron before we watched this because it's not an episode that I go back to all that often. Like I was really afraid. I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be such a white savior episode. And then I was like, it was less than I thought it was going to be. I completely agree. Because <laughs> like I said, I haven't seen this episode mm-hmm. in like at least six or seven years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Yeah, I guess you're right. Like I remember what the story is about, yeah. you know. But uh like yeah maybe it is and when i watched it i was like it's not way it's not really it's different but also i think like you kind of hinted at this earlier and i wanted to just say it outright is that like i have said many times that one of the things that i always loved about dawson's creek is it really didn't do very special episodes Mm -hmm. except when it comes to race yep these two episodes are i would argue probably are the only very maybe there's one more very special episodes of Dawson's Creek mm-hmm. and like so what I, I I don't know that I have like a theory about what that says about the show but like the one time when we are explicitly calling out racism and thinking about race well we're implicitly calling it out <laughs> right we right true true as close to explicit as this show got to calling out race um or I don't know do I even think that because they do call it out with grams yeah so it's weird that they don't call it out here. Yeah. I, it's hard because I actually feel like they don't really allow the black characters to call it out. And that's, so that's why it, yeah. it, like, it feels racist to me. Like it's like this mm-hmm. paradox. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like compared to like, I mean, I, I had, I had talked about that episode of 90210 mm-hmm. um, last week and like that one, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I like distinctly remember it and watching it like kind of as an adult being like, what the fuck was this shit? (laughs) You know, and it was like, oh, we're going to South Central because like the Rodney King riots just happened. (sighs) And like, 
we gotta we gotta acknowledge it in some way and it's like ooh, was this the way like really <laughs> um completely agree but it's like so so but i think like this is the trap these two episodes are the that where dawson's creek falls into the trap you know and falls into this like yeah it's like doesn't it wants to say something it knows it should say something but it doesn't really say anything or yeah, like I agree. is not that and we'll get into that in in the listener corner okay okay yeah um so uh oh i forgot to mention earlier this is matt caulfield's last episode <laughs> fuck <laughs> that guy into yeah. the fucking launch him into the sun goodbye yeah. to you um and uh yeah also also this is the last podcast that's going to air before the election and even if this episode is a little problematic i just want to encourage you all to be on the side of joey and pacey and nikki and green principal right. green and bodie and dawson that's exactly. the side. Okay. So who are you rooting for? <sighs> I'm rooting for Nikki and Principal Green. <laughs> I'm rooting for Nikki and Principal Green to have like the life they fucking deserve. Yeah, I mean, I hope Nikki's like the first black woman to win an Oscar for director. <sighs> I mean, I'm yeah. I hope Nikki and Ava DuVernay are like fucking hanging in <laughs> Hollywood right now. I would uh, love yeah. that. Um you know and d reese and all those awesome ladies i think like um i'm rooting for pacey i'm rooting for joey um jen was such a good friend i agree i think jen was such a great friend again i don't jack and andy are like so small in this episode but they're actually really good friends too Mm -hmm. and i'm rooting for gail Uh, yeah 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 I mean, so. I, I, I since they're not rooting for Dawson, I actually think he was pretty decent yeah, in, this in this episode. And so, you know, but uh, it was, it's hard. I don't know. There's nothing to root for him. The story wasn't about him. He was just right. in service of Gail, yeah. which made that story actually really compelling. Um, and so, you know, I agree. But fuck. Okay, for a listener corner, we're gonna have two questions because one specific to this episode mm. and one we talked about last one. So a number of y'all emailed us about the show podcast and specifically I want to shout out Lori because she's the one who told me that principal or Obabatunde was on one. And um, so that I listened to that. So thank you, Lori, for that shout out. Yep, um, and I listened to it too after. Yeah, Aaron so we said both that. listened to it. And like, yeah, one of the things he talks very mm-hmm. like he at the top of the he talks a lot about his this storyline and this specific storyline mm-hmm. which is what he's remembered for in the show sure. although he does have some more dynamic parts of of the show i would definitely need to ask him about the joey the what is it episode four where he finds joey and pacey out walking oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. what was that swan dive like <laughs> tell me everything about yeah. having to be in a room with katie holmes and josh jackson and they're sparring yeah um okay and so he kind of says that he went to the writers of the show mm-hmm. and was like i don't this storytelling's like it's a missed opportunity to mm-hmm. tell a different story yeah and like julie and i have talked about this off mic and a little bit on mic of just like that's kind of the way i felt even in 2000 of like this story it's not good like i don't why would they do it like this yeah and then they said that the writers were like no we want these characters to know like that not everything works out and that like this is like this is part of the storytelling that they wanted Mm -hmm. and like you know obviously he's a professional actor he can't really say he's just like so i i understood what they were going you know and whatever and and it's very complimentary yeah 
Absolutely. You know, and I, I think like, again, the actors don't really get that much of a say in, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that particular, part of, yeah, yeah. You know, especially like, um, just a guest star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I feel like what he brought up is, is it is really interesting. And like, I'm going to editorialize my opinion about this, but okay. like, I do think that it's That's interesting. What, we're doing a podcast, not a I news know. show. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just want to say like, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and you know, wrote this episode and she's very lovely. So like, you know, yeah, that being said, but it, I feel like the dynamic of a black, well-respected actor Emmy winner at this time, potentially, mm-hmm. I think yep. coming yep. and being like, I don't know, from my experience, like this is kind of irresponsible storytelling and them being like, no, well, da, 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 like mm-hmm. it, a little bit made my blood boil to hear that. And I don't disagree with you. And I think like, there's this part of me that's like, you know, <sighs> As I was saying, in the era that we're living through right now, right, Mm -hmm. in 2020, there is a part of me that's like, I do think it's important to watch stories where people really fucking fight and really fucking try and they Mm -hmm. fail because that does happen. And I mean, I think we're going to watch it happen pretty soon. I mean, with with Amy Coney Barrett, I did not mean the election, Um, but like you know, that doesn't mean you don't try. And that doesn't mean you don't get out there. That said, I also think that what Oba Babatunde was talking about on the show was really interesting in that I do think the Dawson's Creek writers had the opportunity to tell not this story, to tell a better story about this principle and about what he goes through. And they did kind of shirk that responsibility. Yeah, because moreover, to be honest, what made me mad as well mm. is that the person who's leading the charge is Joey and Joey's the one that fails. Right. And they do this a lot. Like just to remind you, Joey's poor. She doesn't, nothing goes her mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. you know, like she's going to throw herself out of Dawson uncharacteristically and be humiliated. Mm. Why do they keep doing this to her? You know? Yeah. And it's like Dawson, you know, for the most part, things go his way and like whatever. And like, this is the storytelling that they commonly do, you know? And, and even to a little bit, like Pacey has a crush on Miss Jacobs and then he fucks her. Mm. And you're like, so things for these white men go there. They They get what they want to a certain extent. Mm. And then to Jen and Joey, when they take a stand, when they kind of fight against things, it's like, eh, no, that doesn't really work (laughs) like that. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're right. And I think like there's a part of me that's like, I would connect a little bit more, particularly with Joey's story. If like, she was like, look, like the most important man in my life is a black man that I know experiences shit like this. I can see what's happening you know, I want to stand up for what's right. Like, I feel like yeah, and my nephew will be at Cape side high mm-hmm. in 16 years. Yep. And I don't want him to have this experience. Right. And right, right, right. I mean, totally. And I think like, I think there's that part of it too, where like, I think by not naming stuff, you're like, okay, wait, what? Like it, it just, it muddies everything. Right. It's like, right. there's not a clear, th- there's a part of me that thinks like, I wonder if Oba Babatunde would have come to them with the same sort of suggestion if the story had revolved around Green and Nikki and the what they were going through. Or if the story had revolved around like Joey being like, hey, like someone who I love deeply is black and like, I don't, I see what this is about and I want to call it out and I want to stop it and like, hey, Nikki, join forces with me and like, let's try to 
to, you know, crush this or let's try to like win. Those are different stories. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard and I'm not going to lie. I, I do think this is my least favorite episode of season three, okay. even though the end like is not is like not your least favorite <laughs> has changed my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Definitely. I can see that. I, I think for me, it's hard for me to call any episode that Oba Baba Tunde and um, Bianca Lawson's I know because my second my least favorite, favorite is the one where they go to they when Nikki is first introduced when they go to Boston. Yeah. I just hate AJ that much. I, I, mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But yeah, Definitely. I hear you. Yeah. So this goes to our second one. Mm. Um, this is from Maggie. Yeah. Okay. First of all, he bought her a wall. <laughs> Okay, okay. Now that I got it off my chest, I was wondering if you remember how you felt watching that scene where Pacey buys Joey a wall when that show, the show first aired. Okay, yeah. Also, what he says to, what she says to him makes my heart all happy. Pacey, you're unbelievable. I mean, as soon as I think I've got you all figured out, mm. you go and do something so outrageous and complete that completely challenges me in a way no one else would even think of Mm -hmm. I think that this line is very telling and important because I think it shows and tells the audience that maybe Pacey is the person that Joey could move forward with Mm. because he challenges her and maybe they could grow together in a way that Dawson and Joey have never and probably never would never be able to Mm -hmm. yeah Maggie right Mm -hmm. so so I mean, like I said, I it's a little hard for me to remember in 2000. I mean, I think that I mean, pa- partially because I have watched this. Right, right, right. What's coming up um, so much. <laughs> um, but I think that like in 2000, I think that what I do remember feeling is how much that part resonated with me. The right. like her saying what she says because i think you're right like her line to him where she's like you you challenge me in this way that nobody else really does like that to me was so like oh my god yeah and that's where like i think i started it's funny because like there was a part of me that was like oh dawson and joey are going to get back together at some point just kind of just because that's how television worked Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so like I was like, yeah, okay. So when are we doing that again? Um, and there was this part of me that I think it was right around this episode and possibly the next episode where um that started to shift where I was like, "Oh my god. Like mm-hmm. Pacey actually might be really great for her." And I think this right. what she says to him and this part like really is part of it and and what he does through this whole episode because it's not just the wall right like I feel like to me them bantering or like you know complaining about the injustice of Cape Side high up after they're walking together mm. and after that meeting mm. was when you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like they already are friends you know mm-hmm. like they're not best friends yet but they already are friends long friends and like they just have this really they get each other yeah yeah i mean i think i i think you're right they do get each other and And i think like 
she struggles from like, cause she says like, just when I think I've got you figured out. Mm. And she does that a lot. Like I just know Dawson and that makes it easy. And sometimes I'm like, I think she does, but sometimes I don't, you know? Yeah. And like, um, you know, and I think that's one of her flaws is that she will be like, Oh, I know who that person is. Jen, she's a slut. And, and- And I think she does that with herself, too, sometimes Mm -hmm. where she's like, this is who I am. And like, there's like a rigidity to that. Yeah. You know, there's like a I couldn't possibly change. And I and I think having that challenge to your thinking is like it can be a really good a good thing. Yeah. And I think I I think I mean, I've said this before that I really, uh, of course, feel very akin to Joey. And, And this is part of it is that I think for so long I felt like I well, I know myself. And so like, this is what I know. And, and instead of letting myself sort of like learn and new things and stuff, I think I have done that, you know, where I've sort of cut myself off to anything that I thought, you know, didn't, didn't sort of mesh with what I thought I thought about myself, if that makes sense. Uh Um, And so I think like, there's this part of me that thinks like, in 2000, like, yeah, there was this like, well, you can't change. Like, she can't just, she couldn't just, you know, go with Pacey. Couldn't right. possibly. Like, that's never going to happen. And like, it's going to, if shit does happen and when this shit does hit the fan, I mean, I think by this point, we were all like, if this happens, because he's so broken up about it. And you're like, if yes. this happens, if he kisses her or if he tells her, yeah, shit is going to hit the motherfucking fan. Yeah. Like, what's that going to look like? Yeah. And I think that there was a, I think we all had a sense that like, we knew what was coming right. in that, like, not exactly what was coming, but we knew like, okay, this is going to come to a head at some point. Yeah. And you, I think now at this point, you're trying to figure out like, What's Joey going to do about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think not only what's Joey going to do about that, but like there, you know, since episode weekend in the country, what episode is that? 12? Yeah, 12 or 13. Yeah, it's we've been like, holy shit. And since the, you know, the Valentine's Day episode, mm-hmm. we've been like, OK, PC actually has admitted this out loud to another person. Right. Right. And so like, so like we, the audience were like, okay, we know all this stuff about Pacey. Mm -hmm. We don't, but Joey's got AJ barf, but whatever that, that he is there. We must acknowledge it. And like AJ is there and she's, she's kind of like, that's not seeming to be how she's thinking about Pacey, but there are those moments, right? There are the moments like, like the moment at the end of the Valentine's Day episode where she's like, I'm looking out for you. Right. And the yeah. moment and the moment like where at the end of last when, episode. Yeah. When they're like or even in last episode and she's like, I thought that, you know, and you're like, mm. what did you think? Oh, what my God. <laughs> and, and at the end, and when at the she's end, like, when they're like friends and like, uh-huh. you know, and she's like, I thank you for being you. Like, mm. I like you for who you are. You don't have to change like you you don't have to change like I won't accept this behavior in my name but like you don't have to change who you are like that's what I like about you right and so there's this kind of way that like we're watching Pacey really discover this about himself and admit it and we kind of don't have a handle on where Joey's at Exactly. it's like we're not seeing her discuss it at all so okay they just think they're friends like the only time she really discusses her relationship with Pacey is with Dawson during the um 
the last episode, right? Where he's kind of like, you guys are friends. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a way in which I think like Joey is the, 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 the jury's still out on where Joey is. Right. And this part and the way she reacts and the way she's just kind of, and even just the way that she just kind of stands there stunned and he leaves stunned. her. I know. And he leaves her there. He's like, okay. Gives her space I, to like feel mm-hmm. how she's going to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, like every single part of that, you know, from the part where she's like, you bought me a wall. Like, I what know. The fuck am I looking at <laughs> every single part of that? Like there is this way in which we're like, are we, are we seeing Joey realize that she has feelings that aren't just friendship feelings? Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're find out. <sighs> yeah. So it's gonna the get next real. one's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you all know that you're waiting for us to get to the next one and then all of the ones after that, but, um, <laughs> seven part se- season finale. <laughs> It's uh, but here we go. We're about to start sliding down that that hill. Yeah, mm. and um, also in our listener corner, we just want to share with y'all that we have a very special episode coming up, yes. a little one-off, um, with our listener Jay, and they were so grateful or gracious, and uh, did a we little are interview. so grateful. And, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> we are so grateful that they agreed to let us just chat. Yeah, so you their, guys Oh sorry, Aaron. Yeah, just chat about their um theory that Dawson has Asperger's. So we're so, gonna have a little special episode for y'all. Yeah, so Monday the second, um right before we're gonna give you a little respite before the <laughs> chaos. Um uh we will have a, a a special episode up not a very special episode but yeah it, it's, a, it's a very special episode to us yes, um yeah. but we had such a great time talking with jay um they were so lovely and like oh my god and they have fan fiction and you guys are uh, gonna fucking awesome. die it's yeah, so yeah. great yeah um and so yeah please keep an eye out for that um i just we can't say enough great things about how much fun we had talking to them um about their experience with the show and about asperger's and like how we can all work to be better allies to those who are neurodivergent who those who have asperger's um and just like be more aware um and so we we just we can't thank jay enough um they were just lovely and wonderful and uh and yeah. dealt with a, an international dateline yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to talk to us. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so we look forward to that. Yeah. Um, I hope you y'all enjoy it. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, I'm just going to remind you once again, please, please vote. Please mm-hmm. vote. Um, it's going to be really important. Uh, keep your head up about it. And yeah, you stay know, strong. Stay strong. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah, this is the last episode that is going to air before the election. Yeah, um, so we'll the next one before the election. So we're going to record the next one before the election. So we still, you know, we won't have yeah, any yeah. insights. But like, just keep your head up and and um, uh, stay strong and know that you know, um, America is better than the shit we're being handed right now. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so. Thank you. For, or it can be. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for everyone who already has voted and to everyone who's planning on voting. Um, mm. We appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, and stay safe, wear your mask, Black Lives Matter. Yep. Ooh, it's a wild time out there. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us, dawsonscritique at gmail.com. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. Uh, we want to shout out our boy Kilio for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at GoFreakingCrazy. We want to remind you, you can pre-order a book, I Remember Everything, life lessons from Dawson's Creek and we're going to have some press and stuff coming out about yeah. that. So we're excited to share with you all about that. Yeah. Um, we suggest you pre-order. I didn't get one from you. I know from let's do, <laughs> let's do Roman's bookstore in Pasadena. Oh, they're um, yeah. they're uh, needing some help. So yeah, uh, that's a great place to pre-order um, and not just because I worked for them for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like one of the biggest independent bookstores in LA. Yeah. 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 And the, definitely the oldest in LA. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, please like a subscribe, uh, write a review wherever it is you get your podcast. Um, we just appreciate it greatly when you do that. And, and the, to those of you who have done that, just thank you so much. Um, you can find me online at Pesty1079 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we would, as always, like to thank Andrew Bush, who in normal times records us and we cannot wait to see him again. Rarebird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rarebird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.